Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. I am Jeremy Lemmer. That is Stephen Jensen. And shout out to Big Dick MLJ as always for the intro. It is February 29th. We got a lot to talk about as always in the world of wrestling. Before we begin, though, Jensen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm tired. I'm tired this morning, but I got I actually got a pretty good night's sleep. I went to a 
<clears throat> good old Dave and Buster's last night. Dave and Buster's, oh. damn it. So, uh, oh. yeah, when, when after after our one of our interviews you're all going to hear, we, we recorded last night. We recorded two interviews for y'all. You're going to hear two awesome, awesome interviews today. Yeah, Dave and stick. Buster's, damn it. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, after after our interview with Scott Hensley last night, I went uh, went to Dave and Buster's for a little while. Caught up on. I watched uh, like a good chunk of AEW Dynamite live and caught up the rest of it after. So uh, so yeah, this is a it's been a good pretty good day, pretty good week. How about you, man? It's been well. It's been busy as it always is. You know, last weekend was a little bit of a break. I guess it was like two weekends ago. It was a little bit of a break, but now. Things are picking back up in, in full force. We had MLW show tonight. Um, there's the usual collision was taped last night, but that'll be on Saturday. A revolution, of course, on Sunday. So always stuff, always stuff going on around here. But, you know, we, we, we get things done. We get things done. We do have uh, a uh, James Zimmerman who is re-upped with us for, for 22 months. One last time. Sting saves the day. Member for 22 months. We appreciate you, James. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, uh, he did. Sting did save the day. We'll talk about that. That, that. that was very cool. As a WCW kid, that was very cool. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, leave a super chat. Get your question, comment, statement read on the air. You can leave a thumbs up on the video as well. Subscribe to the channel. It helps us out. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked uh, if you would like to. That's our sister channel. Subscribe to Fightful Select. That's where you get all the scoops and all that fun stuff. And just go to Fightful.com for all the news. All right, Jensen, let's get into it. Lot to talk about. We're going to begin with an ending, unfortunately. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Probably got to update that. They haven't done a million in like two years now. <laughs> Hopefully last night's show does a million viewers because the fans deserved and everyone deserves to see Sting one last time last night on AEW Dynamite. He saved the day coming down from the rafters. The moment uh, he did not come out immediately, I was like, I wonder if they're going to do a rafter spot here. I, I assume they took all the precaution in the world to do this. Um, to just, you know, cause they didn't do it in WCW anymore after the tragic death of Owen Hart. I think they maybe did it once or twice in TNA. They haven't done it in, w, in AEW yet. So again, I assume they took all the precaution in the world. Fortunately, it went off without a hitch, but when the bucks started making their way up the ramp, it was like, Oh, they're doing the rafter spot. He's coming down from the rafters and sure enough sting came down from the rafters to save darby allen He's a little slow could have you know come out a little bit earlier darby's getting beat up pretty bad by that point final match on sunday at revolution we're going to talk in, in detail a little bit about revolution uh but stings his final match darby allen and him against the young bucks matthew and nicholas jackson for the aw tag team titles what did you think of last night's spot and what are you expecting from his final match jensen Man, um, well, first of all, I wanted to say with the, with you know coming out from the rafters, um, we also want to keep in mind that <clears throat> that Owen Hart's estate is like you know involved with AEW and like he gets the action figures and stuff. I'd imagine they were at least like somewhat given a heads up, like hey, we're planning on doing this, like just so you, you know what I mean. Like I'd imagine there's there's still a lot of obviously there's a lot of sympathy towards what happened to Owen, but I would imagine they took every precaution in the world like you said to make sure everything was going to go smooth last night and it even looked like there was like a guy like helping sting the second he landed like getting like this stuff off of him like it wasn't like left up to sting to like 
drop himself, unhook himself. Like you could tell that there was like a team that had worked on this. So I want to throw that out there first it, <clears throat> that they did it safely. Um, and that all out of the way, oh, man. Okay. So for those of you who don't know me and Jeremy are both in our mid thirties. Like we grew up during the Monday night, Monday night wars. We, I mean, we were both fans of WCW. We're both, you know, lifelong fans of Sting. I'll say it right now. I think Sting top five dead or alive all time pro wrestler. Like I like, le- like legit. I, I, I think that highly of Sting like, and because like when you when you keep it like you know his longevity and the different companies he worked for and and just him being a top guy the entire time and just everyone even if you're not a wrestling fan you know who Sting is you know like the face pain and he doesn't have to do a whole lot it, it, I have so much respect for the fact that like he could have come out in AEW these last few years and done like nothing just done like the nostalgia act which he kind of did a little bit but he did that mixed in with elevating Darby. And at the same time, like sting was jumping off everything during this run. I mean, you know what I mean? Like he'd have to do. It was all, he was according to Darby. He was the one pitching it too. He's like this balcony up here. Yeah. I'll jump off of that. Go through this table. Yeah. Like this is what I wanted to. I believe it. Cause he's probably like, I don't want to bring these people down. Like he, he probably feels privileged in a way. That he's allowed to be involved in that. I mean, I should I'd say aloud. It's Sting. He, like I said, he's one of the best ever, in my opinion, in the history of pro wrestling. But the game has changed a lot since, you know, he started. And when he's having matches against this new generation of wrestlers, especially in AEW, that's going to be known, <coughs> excuse me, more as like a work rate company um, in a lot of ways. You're, you're going out there against, you know, people who have made their names for the most part on having like really, really good in-ring matches. So he's probably going out there being like, I don't want people looking at me saying, why is Sting even out there? He's, you know, but let me jump off. Like if Darby's going to jump off something, I'll jump off something. You know what I mean? Like, and I also love the way that during this run, they, they, they were able to mix in so much of that with the nostalgia and like a great, in like a really great way, in my opinion, because even like, I remember that spot he did with uh, with 2.0 where they put him through the table and he just like he just like stood up and started, you know, and the place just goes absolutely insane still for stuff like that. Um, or even staying coming down last night and he's on his bat and the and Matthew and Nicholas have have their um have the uh what do you call it? Silver I'm, I'm like they had their bats too. Silver bats. I I'm yeah. just I was I was thinking <laughs> pole for some reason. Yeah, they had silver bats, sorry. And and staying coming down and just like fighting them off like a superhero and Darby coming down with the, with the coffin drop. Like this was, this was awesome. This was, I was very, I was very happy that they did. So they did the spot where sting holds the bat like that to when the, uh, I forgot if it was Matthew or Nicholas uh, swings it to like hit him in the face, but he blocks it like that. There was the spot. I think it was angle. They, they screwed it up in TNA where like the bat went through, like he dropped it and it like cracked him right in the face. I think it was Kirk. <laughs> I was very worried when uh, they were about to do that spot. I was like, oh, I hope that bat does not get through and like it knocks Sting's hand away and cracks him in the face. Oh, no. Wouldn't that be something? But I I, I just think it was it was just really cool that they, you know, it, it's obvious in so many ways that like, you know, not even to name like specific names, but I mean, you know, Tony Khan and Will Washington, a lot of the people that like are behind the scenes and, and you know, people that like we know grew up as Sting fans, you know? So it's like they're giving him this great send off in, in this way that 
I've talked about it before, but I feel like AEW for a lot of wrestlers is going to become like on the way out of their, uh, at the end of their career, I think there's going to be a lot of wrestlers that write their, their love letter, lo- their love letter to professional wrestling through AEW on their way out. People who finish their runs in WWE, <clears throat> excuse me, or anywhere else that they're at. And they're like, you know what? I really want to go out on, on my terms, my own way. And I think I can do that if I go to AEW for a couple years. And you're, you're seeing it with edge right now as well. Um, but, it's just so cool seeing him go out the right way. Cause when we first saw Sting have to retire, it was the buckle bomb from Seth Rollins. Our last image of him in the ring was like, I mean, it was scary. Like he like couldn't move. I mean, he was like, you know, he, I don't even like, you know, he took the buckle bombs and he was, he like couldn't hit the ropes and stuff. Like he was like, he like locked up and it was really scary to see. And we thought that was it. And then he did all of this for us in AEW. I mean, just absolutely incredible. And I'm I'm pumped for their match on Sunday. And I honestly, I I think there's a good chance it's going to be up to Sting ultimately. I think, but I think there's a good chance yeah. Sting and Darby win on his way out at this point. Like it might, it may, you know, it may happen. I, I'm 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 actually completely fine with either outcome because the Young Bucks are doing great as heels. This is the most interesting they've been in a long time as characters, and. You know, if Sting and Darby Darby win, that's a great you know send off for Sting. You know, either he's going to put them over on the way out, or he's going to you know win his final match. You know, it, it, I feel like it's a win win for the fans. It's a win win for the wrestlers. Like this is, I, I love everything about this. I it'll definitely be up to Sting as to who wins. If Sting wants to go out on top and have the big celebratory moment, that is what they'll do. If Sting wants to put the Young Bucks over, that's what they'll do. Um, so a couple questions for you. One, who do you think should win? Let, let's let's allow you to to book to book this. Let's whatever. It's obviously again Sting's choice, but let's say you have the the choice of thinking in the best interest of Sting or the company. Your choice on that. And two, are you closing the show with this match? Well, if he's gonna win, I would close the show with it. Um. Personally, if like if I if I was in charge, and I'm not the type who really likes to do fantasy booking because I don't like to get attached to ideas for wrestling shows that haven't even happened and then get like outraged if they don't happen. You don't um, have to get outraged if it doesn't happen. You can just be like, oh this no, is no, no. But I'm, I'm saying like that's like what a lot of wrestling fans do, though. Right. Like that's why there's so many. There's that's honestly the root of so much of the tribalism and like the the fights that wrestling fans get in with one another is because they get an idea in their head about something they want to see or someone they want to get pushed and that it doesn't go exactly how they plan. And then somebody else is happy about it. And they, they, you know, that's anyway, but it, I would say if I was booking AEW, yes, Sting, Sting and Darby would win this match. I'd have Sting make that final <coughs> pinfall or, or submission with the death lock. But I'm also interested to see what face paint he comes out with. Like if he comes out, like, you know, colorful face paint. If he comes out no face paint, you know, if I, I, I don't know. I that's going to be interesting. What he, what he goes with. Were you going to say something, Jeremy? Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's going to be no face paint. I think he does the traditional black and white. I think, I think Darby might go colorful because Darby has he has the blonde hair. You know, kind of the throwback. He's not surfer Darby. He's, he's skater Darby. Um, but and actually, he skates. We've yeah, never seen Sting surf ever. By the way, I, I think he might. It's just me speculating, but like, I think he might do the the surfer gear because that's that would break from what you definitely expect 
as well. Like you don't Darby's always done the black and white. So him going more colorful would be a little uh a little surprising, but I think he can pull it off. I like that. That's a good idea. Um so I it'll be cool to see, you know, how they come how they come out with like, you know, what kind of face paint they're rocking, what kind of what kind of gear. Um, something else I wanted to bring up that so they were advertising this as Sting's final dynamite, but were they specifying like final dynamite before his retirement? I feel like they were saying that like, like kind of as well. Cause the reason I bring this up is because next week, AEW is doing dynamite on Wednesday and then collision on Thursday here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I plan to go on Thursday for collision. I may go on Wednesday for dynamite as well, potentially, but because they're doing back-to-back nights instead of like all at once. And part of me is like, wouldn't they, because they kind of announced the Atlanta thing like a month ago. It was a pretty fast like announcement. So my initial thought was, oh, they're coming to Atlanta because Sting's final match is going to be a revolution. And then that next Dynamite, they'll do like the big Sting tribute in Atlanta was, you know, so I just want to throw that out there too, that like, I've had actually a couple of people hit me up that live locally that are like, is he not going to be at AEW next week? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'd, I think he would, but they're advertising this is the last dynamite. So that was just a little confusing. I just want to throw that out there. So there, yeah, Jeff Eller driver in the chat says, Tony said he may show up every once in a while. That's basically what it is, is it was his final dynamite as an active wrestler. So yeah, it is very okay. possible that, I you know, he... They, they win on Sunday and then he shows up on dynamite on Wednesday because then you got basically got to vacate the tag team titles or you got to find a new partner for Darby or whatever it might be. Maybe, you know, I don't think they're going to do like an angle if the bucks win. I was going to say the bucks win, do a big celebration, Darby and sting crash that, but then you're almost trying to set up a rematch and that's not going to happen. Um, so I being in Atlanta, you would think, he would do one more appearance there just because it is Atlanta. That's where he spent a good chunk of his career. That's where he really got, got over. Um, so yeah, now that that makes me believe they're going to win. Honestly, on Sunday is like, they come to Atlanta, they do a big kind of send off for sting, decide what they're going to do with the tag team titles, which is either could be Darby finding a new partner. could be Darby defending it by himself. I don't feel like Darby's the type of guy that's like, Hey, I'm just going to drop these titles and you know what? Good luck to whoever holds them next. It feels like Darby was just like, I'm going to continue to carry on the legacy of Sting and just defend these titles by myself. And he loses. He doesn't keep them for long or anything, but them just, but maybe he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to defend this title with anybody, but Sting. I don't want to carry these titles with anybody, but Sting. Here you go. Oh, and they do vacate them. There's some options there. I think the the sh- the match will close on Sunday, win or lose. I think the match is closing. I don't think you can do the match and then expect anything to follow that. Like, like you, Flair and HBK, like yeah, but Flair and HBK wasn't. It. I don't think it was the match that a lot of people were were hoping for. Like it was a fine match. But I don't know if the moment was as emotional as maybe they had hoped it to be. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm misremembering because it was a long time ago. And now I have 
a depiction of flair that you know is it was pretty emotional what happened that was pretty pretty huge when it happened okay but, so, but, so but, but, but well, another better example maybe the, the Shawn michaels and undertaker match that didn't main event wrestlemania okay but the one that did main event wrestlemania was the career versus streak match and that should have main evented because everyone knew it was going to be good and then it was it was an emotional moment uh so okay rock hogan man didn't main event and then yeah, it, rock hogan should have main evented as well but, but i guess my, my whole point is like I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to uh to uh uh like I'm, I'm agreeing with you i'm trying to i'm trying to give examples of like things that should have like if sting and darby don't main event then you're in a situation like that where so, it's like rock hogan happens and then nobody cares about you know triple h versus jericho so here's you know flair and and michaels they did that match and then the match after that was Beth Phoenix and Melina against Maria and Ashley Mazzaro. That was a cooldown match. That's what you're going to have to have for, for revolution. Like, and, and AEW doesn't really do cooldown matches. They go, they hit you with everything. Like all their matches are quote unquote bangers. Um, so they don't really have any type of like cooldown type of match, but whatever you put after that, is essentially slotted as a cooldown match, no matter what it is. It can be, like, I think Will Ospreay and Takeshka are going to have a great match. I think the crowd might come up a little for it, but they're not going to come up as much as they would if it didn't have to follow that. I think the best possible cooldown match is probably that the all-star scramble where you got like good people in there, but then you got guys like either Matt Menard or Magnus. I don't know how they're, they're getting in this match, but sure. Um, I, I haven't read the spoilers. I don't know who wins any of this stuff, but like you, you just got guys that are, you know, people kind of care about, but it's it's not it's not the best. Uh, it's not the biggest match on the card for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I the scramble at Waffle House all the time too. <laughs> it's a tough spot for all the wrestlers too. Of like, all right, we're gonna go out here. We gotta follow, win or lose. We gotta follow the reason why everyone's here no offense to anybody else on the card this show was sold on the back of sting's last match so we got to follow that and that's a tough spot for any anybody to be in so i think it's probably going to close because of that just because you're basically telling people the next match is the cooldown match instead of closing on really a really high note with sting's uh with sting's victory or maybe a low note with sting losing but still an emotional moment um, with, with Sting. And then he gets, you know, the. <clears throat> I'm sure he stands up, big standing ovation and everything. So he's going to get that ovation, win or lose. Uh, so, yeah, I would close regardless of the outcome with Sting. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think that's the move. And the fans are going to go absolutely insane for this. And the Young Bucks are going to make Sting look incredible. Too. I mean, Sting's already, Sting's already Sting, Darby's already Darby. Like, they're already, you know... I, I'm already, you know, like I, like I just said, Sting's one of the best ever, and Darby I've been a fan of since, you know, years before he was ever in AEW. I was I was pulling for him on the indie scene, and I've said it a thousand times, just like so many others, like, just the idea that, like, Sting and Darby were such a perfect match with one another, and the fact that AEW just went ahead and just gave us that for as long as they did, I just think that you know, I just think it was a, it's a really special thing, like to look back on whenever you know years from now when you look back at the history of AEW. Like, I think we really need to we're gonna really appreciate Sting's run for like this this handful of years that we had. We're gonna be looking back, going, dude, this guy, look at all the stuff this guy did at this age. 
And also, you know, by that time, Darby will hopefully be an AW world champion and stuff. Because that's the thing, too. If Let's say he holds on to the tag belts. <clears throat> Maybe they, I don't know, they have the ranking system now and everything again. I don't know how it would all work. Allegedly. Allegedly, right. And who knows how long that sticks. <laughs> They've not updated the rankings <laughs> since... It's been like two weeks now, so yeah. I think it's possible that it's not sticking at all. Like, did you see the new Dynamite logo, by the way? Um, I saw what's alleged to be the new Dynamite logo. Yeah, I don't know if that's real or not, but if it is, that's everyone was calling it the Power Rangers logo, and I was like, "Will Washington, dude? I'm telling you guys, like, if you like Power Rangers, will will being in that company is is for you?" And I that. And for me as well, by the way, because I, I love Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but I don't know if that's a real logo or not. But I just I just that just came to mind. When I was just, I was just thinking about that. The last uh, the last rankings were February 10th. We are almost 20 days from the the last rankings that were released. So yeah, that's, they, uh, yeah. yeah. Usually, they, they there was there was immediately no consistency with it because they released it like after Dynamite, and then they went a week, and then they released it after Collision, and that was the last time they did the rankings was Collision after Collision on February 10th, and now we haven't had any since then. So, yeah, I don't. The rankings are uh, they are allegedly back. The and, fact uh, that they made a big deal out of it, <laughs> and then we're like the rankings are back, and then. Just like, all right, two weeks and they're done. I'm like, oh, well, you guys, they screwed up the graphic the second week too. <laughs> they, they had people who said they moved up and they didn't move up. <sighs> yeah. Up. Well, the reason I brought the rankings up at all is just because I, I mean, Darby after this needs to be elevated up to the world title. Like, whether he wins the title or not, or sorry, or not, he needs to, like, and he has the history of Samoa Joe also. Samoa Joe is still the champion. Like, that's, built in right there and then even if you know hangman or swerve becomes the champion sometime in the near future oh by the way i missed i i completely missed the hangman announcement what did what did he say last night well go back and watch it Jensen. no say say it tell me it was a swerve okay well i mean it's already aired you're not any spoilers that's the one thing i missed that's the one thing i thought i caught up on everything after i got back from dmbs and i uh that's the one thing I, I completely missed. Okay. So. He came out and he said he was not going to be able to wrestle. He came out on a crutch. He said, I can't, can't wrestle. No, I'm, I'm injured. And then Swerve came out and was like, you a pussy bitch. And I'm still going to win this title. And then Samoa Joe came out. Samoa Joe said, I'm going to beat you. This is a very bad uh, recap of everything. By the way. <laughs> this is I like it. Samoa Joe said, I'm going to beat your ass. Don't really care. And then his Swerve called Samoa Joe a former announcer wearing a poncho. Uh, Hangman hit him with the crutch, and Hangman is still going to wrestle. So it was a swerve. He said he wasn't going to wrestle, and then he is going to wrestle. So it's still a triple threat match. And they're leaning like pretty much full heel now then with Hangman. Yeah, I mean, Hangman was a heel at the end of the draw. Like You could tell that was going to be the direction. Swerve is... The crowd still loves Swerve because of his uh, entrance, and everything but even he reminded fans of like i broke into your house and like threatened your, your family yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so swerve is still like 
kind of in between. Um, it, it's tough to like, it, it's tough to make a man a baby face when, when he's done that. Like, it's tough to make that guy a baby face. Hangman is definitely going heel. I think the crowd still likes Joe, but his actions kind of say heel as well. Um, That's what's so confusing is like none of them are really technically baby faces. Yeah, they're they, actually gonna be fire though. Yeah, they're they're just everyone loves them because they're really good wrestlers. But if you look at the actual like character stuff, you can point out stuff you like about certain guys and you don't like about certain guys, and you know it's very much shades of gray type thing. We've had the pure babyface discussion a million times. I'm not gonna we're not gonna rehash that stuff. Sure. Um I'm to me, I think Joe is the babyface in this match. That's the guy where I'm like, all right, this is the fighting champion who was like, all right, sure. Let me bring on whoever I'm gonna beat their ass. But even he was like, it was a draw. Neither of these guys deserve a title shot. No, good get them both of them go to the back of the line. Yeah, so uh it's a it's a yeah. weird dynamic. The match is going to be great, though. It uh, is. Hassan says Sorv is a criminal. Hangman is the good guy. No one can convince me otherwise. Like that's fair, honestly. That's very fair. But Hangman's actions right now are a little, little dickish. He's kind of being a jerk. Uh, you know what? How how would you uh, lay out this match? Like, who do you think wins this match? I mean, I probably have Joe retain just because, like, I I really we talked about it before, but I really like him being the. Just whether he's a heel baby face in between, it really doesn't matter to me with Samoa Joe, to be honest, because if his if his character is I'm the world champion, you know, line him up so I can knock him down. Just the, the whole reason the rankings are even back at all is because I just need to know whose ass I'm gonna kick next, like who who deserves the ass kicking next. Samoa Joe should come out and cut a promo on the rankings. He's like, I asked for these rankings to come back and you <laughs> did it for two weeks. This is disrespectful to my title reign that you did it for two weeks and now we're now we're three weeks and we don't have any more rankings. This is bullshit. Yes. And I, I know that there, I see our, I see it in the, ch- in the chat as well, but you know, Swerve, I, it's one of those things where Swerve definitely should be the AW world champion at some point very soon. It feels like. So if he were to win the title, I'd be happy with that, you know, and, and it, the timing would be really good. I think. Because you don't want him to get into like a in like the worst thing you can do to somebody who's really over in wrestling is have them lose so often or do something so often that the people just stop believing in them and and you just don't want that happening to swerve so like you don't want to see him lose for the title over and over and over again and then eventually if he eventually does do it it, it might still be cool but it, it just doesn't mean as much because it maybe it took him you know two three four five tries or whatever and we probably should have just won it on the first or second try or whatever. But so like I can see that. Honestly, and and I highly doubt they're gonna go with Hangman. And obviously, Hangman's a former AW world champion, but similar to the Young Bucks, I'm very interested in Hangman's character currently. Like I, I do I do like the idea of him being a full-on heel, even though it's similar in certain ways to like Drew McIntyre, who I absolutely love. Because McIntyre, like, isn't he's just out going out there and spitting facts, and people just don't like what he's saying. But like, he's not really. He doesn't. Drew McIntyre doesn't come off like a heel to me at all. I, outside of his delivery, like of how he's saying stuff, but the, the substance of what he's saying is all facts over and over and over again. 
And Hangman, it's like Hangman has a total reason to be going crazy over wanting to get get it swerved with their history. Like, especially, I mean, the last time we saw the two of them in that, uh, well, not not the two of them wrestle, but the two of them in like that really brutal match where, you know, he hung them with the, uh, with the, uh, the chain and everything. Like, I mean, this is like, uh, this, th- these guys have some real, real, real history with one another in like a really short amount of time. And when you add on the family stuff with Hangman that we were talking about was for breaking in and all that in real life, if there was a guy who did that to my, like to my family or something like that, and I had to see them at work every day and they were getting cheered over it, that made me crazy too. You know what I mean? Like it's actually, uh, it's understandable. Um, <clears throat> so and in, 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 in movies and stuff, you don't really care morally how a lot of these guys like get their revenge. You know what I mean? You might have to do some stuff that isn't, you know, you know, like people are going to go to lengths, whatever lengths they have to, to get, to get back at the bad guy. So like in a lot of ways, like, I don't think Hangman's really a heel at all, but maybe once again, the delivery and how he's doing this is heelish in a wrestling sense. But either way, I I'm, I'm legitimately cool with any of these three guys being the AW world champion. Uh, but I will agree. I think Swerve's time needs to probably happen soon. And, but, but honestly, like if it was me right now, I'd keep it on Samoa Joe. And this is coming from somebody who like, I definitely didn't expect Samoa Joe to be the one to beat MJF for the title. I really didn't see that coming. But now where why now that we are where we are with this, I want to see Joe with the title longer. So, but it's a good problem to have three guys that I would like all three that I'd be fine with seeing as the world champion for completely different reasons. I would keep the belt on Joe. I would probably keep the belt on Joe forever at this point. Uh, he's been great in his short little reign as champion, but Small Joe's great. Basically everything he does. Swerve's probably going to win the title at some point. I hope that... I hope they, like you said, don't miss the moment with him. And that's a very real possibility with all the people that are coming in. Because now you're thinking like, well, Osprey's got to win the title at some point. Okada's got to win the title at some point maybe danielson gets a a run before his full-time run wraps up like they got a lot of guys who you think can be rightfully so the world champion and it's very possible if they don't do swerve within the next few months when when do you capitalize and actually do swerve because you risk the audience like elevating somebody else and right now swerve they've elevated swerve and you gotta capitalize on the moment when it's there um, you know, Doc Slacker says my only beef was sort of winning at revolutions. I prefer you do it in one-on-one rather than through a, I completely understand that. I yeah. think there is a story to be told of swerve pinning hangman and hangman, like that being hangman, they're just a guy he can't beat. And then you can call back to that a year, two years later, you know, that's a very long term and you're basically counting on those guys being there for a while, but hangman's locked into a long deal swerves locked into a relatively long deal i don't think he really has aspirations to go anywhere else as of right now um so you, you're you're can't you're counting on them to call pay that off in a couple years of like hangman working his way back up to face swerve at some point um but that being the guy that just hangman can't beat then you can do swerve and joe in a singles match and swerve can can beat joe and prove himself and really solidify his title reign and then whatever swerve's gonna do with the title i think that's a possibility um it's also possible that joe wins hangman loses and you still do joe 
Joe and Swerve in a singles match because Swerve says, like, you beat that dude. You didn't beat me. I beat that dude too. So there's a way to go go with this. Uh, but I, I think Joe's gonna retain. That's my ultimate call. I think Joe retains. <clears throat> yeah, I'm 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 with you. I but I think everything you laid out is all these are all realistic possibilities. The other thing that is, that's always like in the back of my mind right now is Wembley for all in. That's like five months out. And Osprey is obviously going to be involved in the world title for that. Like whether he's challenging or he's the champion already, there's no way they're doing well Osprey in Wembley this time around. And it's not for the AW world title in my opinion. So who, who would you, I guess, rather see, like, let's just assume Osprey is going to challenge for the AW world championship at Wembley. Mm-hmm. Would you would you go Swerve Osprey or, or Joe Osprey? I don't know if either of them are the champion by the time we get to Wembley. Um, I I think that by the time we get there, I mean this is August. There's a lot of time between now and Wembley. But five months? If, you think AEW is going to like hot potato the title multiple times in five months? I don't know if it's really hot potatoing. I mean, they do prefer their longer title reigns. It could just be one title switch, though. It could well, I guess just be... true. It could be someone else beating Samoa Joe that that's yeah. out of outside of Hangman or Swerve. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be either of them. Um, I my more likely guess is Joe. Feels like it might be Joe over Swerve. But I could like MJF is gonna come back. He's gonna get somewhere in that picture. They might. I don't know when MJF is gonna come back. I don't know when Cole's gonna be healthy. They might just run back Cole and MJF, obviously not for a title, uh, but they might just run that back at all in and just pay that off a year later. Um, I don't know. There's, you know, Cod is coming in. You, you got to factor him into the whole picture <clears throat> yeah. as well. And there's guys who can just be elevated in the next five months because the crowd just really gets behind whoever it might be. I, you know, I hope the best for Kenny Omega. If Kenny Omega's back, he's going to be slotted, you would hope, somewhere in here as well. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but Drew McIntyre, if he does become oh. a agent, if he does come to AEW, he's a big player that's going to be inserted right into that picture. I mean, you, you headline with Will Ospreay and Drew McIntyre. I don't know if that's what they want to do, but like that's it's a big match. So, so many things can change. In the next five months, it's. I do agree with you that Osprey is probably going to have a big role, and a world title match makes a lot of sense. But the world title picture could be all over the place by the time it gets there. If um, if you're asking me, laid out right now of like what we kind of know and take out the X factors of just professional wrestling, I think Osprey and Joe's a really good world title match, and Joe having a very long reign from world's end to all in i like that i just don't know if that's how that's how they're gonna long they're gonna go with joe with the title i just don't know yeah yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm totally with you all great options though i think they're probably gonna do danielson and um and zsj again at wembley right eh, they might do i think they wanted to do nigel last year Oh, right, right, right. And right, I think right. Nigel keeps building this thing on <laughs> yes. Commentary. Yes. Um, trash. Yeah. So I think if Nigel is good, 
I think that's the match they they still want to do. I think Danielson definitely wants to do it. I think Nigel wants to do it. I'm sure the company wants to do it. Um, yeah, Danielson and uh, Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. might be a a forbidden door match. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. that's where. Yeah, that's the move. You're right. You're right. If, if they can get if they can get Nigel to do Nigel and Danielson at Wembley, that's definitely the move. And then yeah, forbidden door. You can do <clears throat> because the first their first match was at Wrestle Dream, wasn't it? Yeah. I so it was Wrestle Dream. <clears throat> then sorry, got my throat out. Just one second. Yeah, it was Wrestle Dream, and then it was a New Japan show. Now a Forbidden Door, it basically because yeah. they both said like neutral territory. So if it's an AW New Japan joint show, that's I guess what you For, would consider neutral territory. At first, I was sorry that I, I apologize, y'all. I know some people kind of complain about like my my voice sometimes when I do these shows because of the nature of my job. This will get a lot better once because I've got, gotten my promotion at, at my at my job, and I'll be way less on the phones soon. But I'm still transitioning over. My pay has already changed. Though. I'm already getting. I've already got my raise, like it's all good. But because of my job, I do so much talking and especially in the mornings, my throat is just like, it takes me a minute to like, I drink a lot of water. Maggie was asking what this water bottle is. I'll drink like an entire one of these like in the morning. I mean like, so sorry, sorry y'all. I know it's it's super early. I get I get congested in the morning and stuff. So I apologize for for that. If y'all have to deal with that with my, with my voice and my throat and stuff sometimes. Um, but that all said, I completely forgot that. Well, I shouldn't say forgot. For a second there, I was thinking that the first uh, ZSJ and and Danielson match was Forbidden Door, but since yeah, it was Wrestle Dream in New Japan. Then you you Forbidden Door is the perfect place to wrap that up. And the reason I asked though is because like if Nigel isn't ready, I guess um, if you wanted to put the title onto Danielson and do Danielson and Osprey at Wembley, that'd be humongous. That'd be awesome. I think you got to do a Danielson and Osprey match at yes. some point before this full-time run is over um i think you'd be really missing the boat if you don't i think if if kenny's back i think you got to do danielson and kenny because you never really wrap that up there's a lot of matches on the table still for danielson that you got a limited amount of time to kind of do and you know we talk about different x factors of, of things can change injuries people could just uh, you know, leave the company, whether it's a contract, whether it's unhappiness, whatever it might be, you got to capitalize on these things while they're there. You know, you got Danielson full time until September. You better give him and do everything you can to give him the top matches that you can get for him before you do miss the boat on some of this stuff, because you've kind of already missed the boat on some of it with people leaving and, and, you know, mm. just not being in the company anymore or injuries and things like that yeah i mean i'll never forgive tony Khan or whoever i need to blame for the fact that we didn't get sting versus cody in AEW. that makes me so upset um speaking of possible missed opportunities danielson versus kingston this weekend do you think danielson wins the continental crown not after last night like he really if he if he does after last, i mean he really he really yeah jenny's really got to get the got to get the win out i guess after the way he went out last night diaz, yeah I, I love i love the diaz brothers like wow when 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 uh uh when danielson does like the triangle chokes and he puts him in, like the nate diaz when he, when he does the fly i that that is that's so 
inside baseball to like MMA fans like myself, but so badass for a professional wrestler to do that. I guess I guess you're right. It makes it makes Kingston look like kind of a loser if he goes out like he did last night, then loses again this weekend. I mean, I thought that Danielson was gonna win, but now I'm like, oh, after last night, he just t- tapped him out or, or made him pass out, and that was that was <laughs> that. So I don't know if. But maybe Danielson is like because Eddie Kingston did beat Danielson in the tournament. Uh, Danielson beat him during the round robin, and then Kingston beat him in the the league finals. And you know Danielson's basically called that a fluke, and he's like, you know, he can't actually beat me. Maybe that is the story of like that was just a fluke, and otherwise, Kingston can't beat this guy, which is fair, which is a fine story. But I I am hard pressed to believe that like yeah, Danielson's gonna beat his ass in this tag team match and then beat his ass again in a singles match. But maybe, maybe that's a story It's like, Hey, that was a fluke. He caught Danielson on a bad day when they're both healthy, when they're both ready to go. Danielson's just a better wrestler than Eddie Kingston, which is, which is fine. A fair story. The stipulation is that he'd have to shake hands at Danielson. If, if Kingston beats Danielson. Right. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like that's that's also part of not even just with last night, but the entire like feud between Danielson and Kingston in their history. It feels like at some point Danielson's got to shake his hand, right? Like, I mean, otherwise it's like you've been spitting this dude's face over and over and over again. Like, you're just never gonna show this guy any respect. Like, you got to give him some credit at some point, right? Nah, I do like <laughs> the story that I do too. You know, maybe <laughs> Danielson wins and then he's like, you know what? You still have my respect. And then he goes to shake his hand and then he still kicks him in the dick. Yeah. Oh, man. You're still a bum. Yeah. Or or he does. He taps him out or make, makes him pass out, knocks him out, whatever it might be. And then Kingston's just like laid out. And then Danielson just grabs his hand and shakes his hand while he's like out cold. And then he just goes to the back. There's there's things to do. Like, I want Brian Danielson to win just because I want Brian Danielson to win every match. He should should win all the titles. But I don't know if he's going to. I do think he definitely needs like a title at some, like a singles title at some point pretty soon in AEW though. Like I feel like he's got it. We got to get that before he's done full time. Like, cause that's when, when do you say he's, he's wrapped? When's his final match going to be? I'm most likely September, October. I think he might do a wrestle dream last year was in Seattle. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in Seattle again this year, but that might be his last match that or um, what's there. I guess September, their big pay-per-view is all out because that's early September. Maybe, yeah, Wrestle Dream is was the first weekend in October. I I would say that's the targeted date is is Wrestle Dream. Yeah, and, and you know, I I kind of look at that date as you know the last chance we probably have for him with like a title, even though he's gonna stick around and still wrestle here and there. It sounds like, but he's also kind of on his HBK post. 2002 title run kind of run too where like i've said it before but for all we know danielson is backstage going like i like don't give me any titles like i don't need like i'm all right oh, so over you don't need to do this i 100 yeah. percent believe he he's saying that he yeah. loses probably more than he should as a a top top guy like that but you know i would i would have put the world title on him last year at revolution when he faced uh mjf that would have been my call but yeah I'd still put the world title on. We should just come out and beat Samoa Joe. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This week. They're in a similar position where no matter what happens to either of them, they're always going to be credible to be the world champion at any point. They should do Joe and Danielson. That's another one where it's like, you. God, it feels like you got to do this match before you can't do this match. Like, what are we doing if we're not doing Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson one more time? You know, like it just it just feels like you should do that one. Do it on a Ring of Honor pay per view. Get people to actually like like go like blow that one up like through the roof. Like just give, give us market a Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, Ring of Honor main event. And I think like the entire wrestling world would tune in for Ring of Honor for one night. I mean, if you want to pop a Ring of Honor pay per view, there are worse ways to do it. That's for sure. And we haven't had a Samoa Joe Brian Danielson match one on one. I'm looking this up. I don't know. I doubt they ever faced. They apparently faced in a dark match. Uh, it's at a at a live event. They had a couple of dark matches at live events. Um, otherwise, we have not had a Brian Danielson Samoa Joe one on one match since ROH 2006, the cage match. So there you go oh, for the world title. Gosh, yeah. 2006 was the last Joe and Danielson televised uh singles match were the other matches was that in wwe live yeah it was wwe dark matches those were 2018 so it wasn't too too long ago but you know no one really saw them yeah wow yeah that's wild to think it's been that long what else on this pay-per-view looking forward to daniel garcia should win the tnt title you think he's on the way out of AEW? no I don't. I, I think he'll stick around. I I think he likes AW. I think he's, you know, they definitely see something in him coming out of the Continental Classic. They're they're doing more with him. I don't know where he fits in WWE. Like he'd be very good 
in WWE. I just don't know if it's a weird, it's a weird look to see him in WWE. I don't know. I can't like, yeah. I can't like put, put a spot on him there. Where in AEW, I, I see it. I'm always, I'm, I always love when guys go elsewhere for the unknown factor of it. Like Drew, it, it's tough for me to see where like Drew kind of fits in AEW. I don't know what that looks like, but I want to see it. So same, so kind of same boat with Garcia. I don't know what it looks like. I'd like to see it, but because I don't know what it looks like, it's hard for me to actually process it happening. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And I would, I would hope that Garcia would stay with AEW longer term because I think he has a really, really bright future there as well. I just know there's been a lot of speculation. People are kind of like trying to figure out if he's going to stay or not because he's got, I guess, his deal's up soon, maybe, or something. He said it's a contract year. He didn't really say when it's up. You know, it could be <coughs> September. We don't know. So, and for all we know, he could have resigned and we just, he just won't say it. <laughs> True. And then I'm also thinking, uh, just real quick for the pay per view before we move on, I'm hoping Orange Cassidy retains the Intercontinental or the Intercontinental. The Intercontinental I don't think he is. He's, he's, I, I think Roddy's going to win. Otherwise, like, Otherwise, what are you doing with this group? Like, I already am super down on the on the whole undisputed kingdom thing, but it, it makes him look even dumber if if Roderick Strong can't win this title. So, I, I think he's going to win that one. Also, um, I think Osprey and Takeshi is going to be really, really good. I got Osprey in that one. Don Callis is going to win. Don Callis wins that one, and uh, FTR and the the Combat Club should be really good. Um, we gave it got a good taste of that last night. Um, I think I'll probably go FTR on that one, but it's going to be a banger. I mean, every match on this show is going to be really, really good. Tony Storm and Deanna is going to be good. Like, this is a, this is hot to bottom. Should be a good pay per view. I mean, there was a, oh my gosh, what was it? I don't know if it was World's End. There was a recent, I'm so bad about remembering the names of which pay per views things happen on, but there was a recent AEW pay per view that wasn't good. Like, it was like, it just, it just wasn't good. And it, it might it might have been it was World's End. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think World's End was like fine, uh, but the Full Gear had that MJF Jay White match that was very overbooked, and people were like, "Eh, I don't know about this." Um, that too. But Full Gear, there's always going to be something good because Full Gear had the Texas Death between Hangman and Swerve, but otherwise that show, like I don't remember too much from that. If I'm being honest. Um, World's End was the, obviously the big MJF angle. I thought the the MJF Samoa Joe match was was good. There's always something good on these AW pay per views, though. Was World's End the one where they did? It was supposed to be Swerve versus Keith Lee, and they did Swerve yeah. versus Dustin, yeah. and Dustin got like way too much in. Yeah, like yeah, just kind of. And I, listen, I love Dustin. Obviously, I'm obviously a big fan. I got my uh. My Rhodes of Riot bracelet on right now. Yeah, I Thank saw that last Tiffany. night. I saw that you post that on Twitter. I was like, look at this guy. Part of the, you know, when you're part of the Nightmare family, you know, mm. we look out for one another. Um, so I appreciate you, Tiffany. If you see this, very much appreciate the uh, the bracelet. And uh, I've actually got a Cody Rhodes signed promo on the way from Gunner, who got hooked me up with one of those from a live event. So we're all looking out for one another. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I, by the way, I, uh, for any of you out there who collect trading cards, just real quick, I'll let you know. I got a, uh, I bought a box of the new, uh, they're they're the WWE Donruss, uh, I guess Elite style or whatever. 
I paid two hundred and twenty-five dollars for a box of these cards. Okay, like two hundred twenty-five dollars. You get, I think it was twelve packs of cards. That's a pretty big, pretty big card purchase. Usually, you know, I buy blaster boxes. Sometimes, sometimes hobby boxes for like seventy-five, a hundred, or whatever, one twenty-five maybe. This time, I go, all right, you know what, dude, just do it. I was like, Gunner, just, just because Gunner works at a card shop, so. I was like, all right, man, you just got the the packs literally just came in. It was kind of like I had first first uh, dibs at, at these before they are gone and before they start going up in value. So I bought one for 225. Got a signed one of ten Roman Reigns card, which is like oh. insanely. I mean, like, so I got super, super, super lucky with my box and got a lot of other really good cards. Um, so the the one silver lining is if 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 Roman Reigns somehow defends over Cody Rhodes and keeps winning, that my card will continue to raise value. So at least at least I have that. But for those of you who are, who are into trading cards, these new WWE cards are pretty badass. So I want to throw that out there too. Had a lot of luck, and a lot of it was because of my friends in the Nightmare family, having my back and telling me when things are coming in. So um, so yeah, just want to throw that out there too. Shines on Spider Sense Super Chat says, Overall, thought last night was a really fun show. It's crazy how much Jericho and Ric Flair ruined the vibes for me. Shame that wasn't their last dynamite. Yeah, when Flair came out, I was like, Oh, oh this, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's going to be like that involved after Sting's not there. I know they have like the woo energy not. thing or whatever, but yeah. like, I, I don't think that people who have, a, I think that people who, don't want to see Ric Flair on their TV screen. I don't think they're gonna have to deal with it for too much longer. I don't think because I don't know how he really fits into AEW after Sting is not involved. It just doesn't, you know. He didn't really work. fit in AEW with Sting's involvement. He just came out there and just that was it. Like he's added nothing to Sting's actual presentation. They tried to insert him over the past few weeks with "Let me talk to the Young Bucks." Oh, we swerved the Young Bucks. And they just immediately took him out. It's like, okay, for all that trouble, they just got poked in the eye and had to sell those punches. Like that's that's it. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. Like he he, there really is no point in him being involved with AEW at all right now in any really in any capacity. But I think that you know anyway, that's that you know there's no point in continuing to really talk about that. Um, yeah, we're gonna move on to next yeah. uh, next topic. All right. AW Revolution, everybody, this Sunday, live only on pay-per-view. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. Cody Rhodes has challenged The Rock that happened in Elimination Chamber, which was a largely skippable show. Uh, if you could watch it, you know, uh, with fast boarding, it was really good. Uh, matches were fine, but then we had the Grayson Waller effect, and Cody said, Rock fight me bitch we'll see if rock actually what do you think is it they can do cody and rock singles match i mean at some point i think we'll get that but i mean they all they really seem to be leaning into this tag match for night one and we talked we talked about that a lot um i highly doubt they're going to do cody and the rock night one one-on-one and risk any kind of injury like i mean you can risk injury in a tag match too course but i dude i mean obviously i was pumped up hearing him call it the rock because just the idea of cody rose versus the rock one-on-one is amazing to me and you know we're so kind of locked in on 
the idea of the rock versus Roman reigns. And we will absolutely get that at some point, probably next year's WrestleMania, if I had to guess, but I don't think the rocks only going to wrestle one time ever for the rest of his life. Now that he's back involved with WWE in the capacity that he is. So I think we'll probably get the tag match at WrestleMania, but I do think that at some point, at some point, I think we will get Cody versus the rock one-on-one. Um, but at that point, maybe Cody will already be the world champion. It makes more sense to do Cody and the rock. Like, I guess maybe like storyline wise, it makes sense for him to do it before Roman. Um, because I'd imagine, well, it depends on where they go with the rock and Roman after all this, like who turns, like, is Roman going to turn babyface because of this? Or is the rock going to like, he infiltrated the group and like, he's, he's a good guy, you know? Like, so it just depends. It really depends on how they go with that because that's the trickle down to Cody is like, you know what I mean? Cause they're not going to have like a baby face rock challenge, a baby face Cody Rhodes for the WWE championship later. Like it, one of them would have to be a heel. I think for the WWE to do that. Um, so there's a lot of things at play, but I will say this. I really, really like as a wrestling fan that I'm guessing so much about all this right now. And, the, and these are all such great options. Like, I, I feel like this is the first time in a long time with the WWE where anything really feels possible. And they're, they're really listening in a lot of ways where it's like, you think we're going this way, we're going to go this way, but it's not going to be a swerve that, 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 that pisses everybody off that, you know, nobody wanted. It's a swerve. Cause like they listened and like, they're going to pivot and give us something better than what they were even going to plan before. So there's a lot of moving pieces with this rock and Cody stuff based on the rocks availability, him and Roman and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, to answer your question, I think that we will get the Rock and Roman one-on-one at some point, but I think at WrestleMania, it'll be that tag match with with Seth, uh, Cody, Roman, and Rock, night one. They should do Seth and Cody against Roman and Rock, night one. And then Rock wins. He pens Cody. And then Cody cries, and he just I can't compete, night two. Oh my I, God. I'm sorry I let everybody down. I... I can't go out there and embarrass myself again and then we get rock and roman night two what do you think of that jensen yeah i think i probably might not ever watch the show ever again if that happened (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't yeah that's a it's obviously a terrible idea um i don't know i felt it was pretty good i mean i could see maybe cody getting pinned by the rock potentially night one just to like plant even more doubt that Cody's going to win night two, especially because if we get to a point where the bloodline is getting fought off by Cody's, you know, army of, of friends, his super best friends. And like, like if like that's happening and then like the rock comes out and we're all like, Oh shit. Like the rock, like the rock pinned Cody last night. He's about to stop the rock from winning the title right now. But like, you know, Cody fights him off and still beats Roman or something. I could see something like that. It, it's such a weird spot to be in for a tag match if they're going to do this night one how we're, we think it is because for anybody to take a loss is going to just be weird because like you really don't want to see Cody or Seth losing the night before they defend their world championship. You really don't want to see Rome. I mean, it's just strange to see Roman get pinned at all. I mean, we've only seen it. Uh, Jay pinned him in that tag match, and that's been it over the last like three plus years. So, and then like I don't think the Rock's coming back and taking taking a pin right away in his first match in so long. But 
but maybe he is. I mean, but I don't, I just don't, I just don't see it. So like, it's this is a really weird one to figure out booking wise how you're gonna actually play this out with with them, with them defending titles the next night. They should do the old uh, Shawn Michaels Diesel bit where. <laughs> All right, Shawn Michaels and Diesel faced uh, Yokozuna, and it was supposed to be, I think, Owen Hart. And then, but Owen wasn't clear, so it ended up being Bulldog. But then Owen ran out in the match, and they pinned Owen. And then it was like, oh, this result didn't stand. They should do that. Solo comes out, tries to interfere, and Cody just pins Solo. And that's the closing of night one. There you go. There you go. I. Yeah, I know we've talked about it before, and I don't think they'll do it, but they still have the out with Damian Priest, technically. Um, oh, that would be that'd, that would be a way to. How, but how do you do it? He, he cashes in, and then he just pins Seth in the tag team match, and then he just wins the title. It would have to pretty much be something like that, or like or right after the match. Well, actually, not right after the match because this would be the way of getting out of anyone losing. You'd have to. And technically, it's like you could also go after Roman. Technically. Um, but I mean that will obviously Okay, so here's no, right, no, no, of, like, no. Priest winning. No, no, I'm not gonna troll on Cody. Okay. Instead of Priest winning, Priest just tries to cash in and loses, and then he just loses the tag team match. And that's how this tag team match ends, is Priest gets pent. Yeah, so that's actually the the best idea of all of this. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's so cowardly if they do that. <laughs> it so is cowardly. Or even if uh this would be like the ultimate, like this. Once again, this, none, none of this is happening. So, like, I don't want people even thinking that, like, I'm like this naive. But, like, Priest could come out and because both world, well, no, you can't challenge, challenge for both world titles at one time with a briefcase. But what if he did something so stupid that was like he comes out and he's like, since Rollins and Reigns are both in the ring, he's like, all right, I'm challenging Rollins for the title. It's a triple threat. Just ring the bell. Just ring the bell. And then, like, Roman pins Damien to win Seth's world oh, title. I love this. And, then, and now Roman's got all the titles for Cody to win night two. No, no, Cody shouldn't win the belt night two. But I love Roman having all the titles. <laughs> all right, here. Uh, this is trolling. This is so Priest, Priest cashes in, uh-huh. and he pins Cody. And then he just ta- he takes Roman's titles. He's like, well, these are mine. This is what I cashed in on. So these titles are mine now. And then we do Roman and Priest night two. That's the main event. And then Roman wins and he gets all the belts back. <laughs> Cody just doesn't wow. wrestle night two. He just loses to Damian Priest in a tag team match. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. These are such bad ideas. I think I think that uh, the most likely scenario, if they do the tag team match night one, like we all kind of expect and are speculating on, Cody loses to put the doubt for night two. Or Rock loses to 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 kind of further a lot more long term story between whether it's Rock and Roman, whether it's Cody and, and uh, Rock, whatever it might be. I think one of those two taking the pin is most likely. I wouldn't have the champion lose Roman like losing even in tag team match one night before he's going to defend the titles doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Seth, I can kind of see. Because Drew made good points of like you're too worried about the bloodline, you need to be more worried about this title in your title, and you know facing me at WrestleMania. So him like losing because of that, and then having to face Drew and then losing to Drew because I do think Drew should win. I can kind of see that of like Seth just 
bites off more than he can chew by getting involved in the bloodline stuff. And then he also has to face Drew Knight too. And it's just, it's a bad weekend for Seth Rollins. I can kind of see that. Roman losing is the least likely scenario. I think the dumbest scenario too, especially if he's going to lose the title to Cody. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think, I think, I think Roman needs to stay on. I mean, basically we're at, it is weird because we're in this situation where these guys are going to be wrestling night one, most likely also like this was also such like an audible call, you know, over the last few weeks to decide to do this the way that they're doing it. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all, how it all winds up playing out. But yeah, I, uh, I, I'm obviously, I'm looking forward to Drew and, and Seth as well, because, you know, Drew winning the Elimination Chamber, I think that was the right move. Um, I've just said it earlier in the show, I've, and I've been tweeting about it nonstop pretty much, is like, I, outside of Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre is my favorite guy in the whole WWE. Like, I, I, like, as a wrestler, as a character, as a person, from a believability standpoint, all the years he's gotten, you know, he's, with his, you know, being a real veteran at this point, everything, like, I think Drew's, really 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 damn good and he's he's operating right now at the highest level he's ever been at especially as a character like his his ultimate hater stuff that he's doing right now is gold like this is so good um and part of it yes the people he's attacking his ops are kind of my ops so it's like it's like you know anybody he's even the stuff he's he's going after cody too but the funny thing about it is he has been encouraging Cody to like to finish his story. Like, you know, everything Drew's been saying is like, he might as well, he might as well just be watching the spotlight and just saying what I'm saying half the time with, with this stuff. Like, and he just does it a lot better than I do. Cause he's, he's, he's great on the microphone and he's Drew McIntyre and he could actually go out there and do something about it. But yeah, I, I think that Drew needs to win the title on night two from Seth as well. Like he's, if I've said it a thousand times, if they're going to have two world champions, which they shouldn't, they should just put it all on one person and just, if it's going to be Cody, just have him on Raw and SmackDown. Like he's the pace of your company. But if you're going to have two champions, Drew should be one of them for sure. Yeah, I think Drew should win the title um, at WrestleMania. I, uh, we don't know his contract situation. He hasn't resigned yet, according to uh, Alex McCarthy, who I trust on the situation. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean he won't, but as of right now, he hasn't. And I don't think that should prevent them from putting the title on him because Drew is a professional, will do good business as well. And depending on when his contract is actually up, you know, he's advertised for events going into May. So I, I would assume he'll be around for that. I don't think they're going to advertise him without being pretty secure in that he's at least under a deal until then or they, they can reach a deal buy that because uh, you can always you can advertise anybody for those shows and, and I, I understand drew's a big selling point for these overseas shows but wb is usually good about doing due diligence on who they're going to advertise if they're going to be available uh, especially in a contract situation i would put the title on drew though i think i thought he should have won it at day one i would have done a, a reign with him there i definitely think he needs to win it now because you know you mentioned with swerve of like how many times can you just watch this guy lose? Like, I understand he's a heel, but he lost at the Saudi show. I think it was at the end of last year. Then he lost on day one. You can't really have him lose again at WrestleMania. That's, that would be the third loss. And it's just like, all right, dude, you've lost three times now in about six months. I guess a little bit more than that, but 
you're not winning this title. Let it go. And it's tough to buy into him after that. So I definitely have him win the title. When he had, those are just for, for Seth's title you're talking about. He had the one in uh, in the UK, right? Where it was, yeah, that was for Roman's, Roman's. title. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, fine. that was at recent. that point, that was, you know, 2022. So like, yeah, okay. like losing in three times all to Seth, all within the span of like the Saudi show was what, October? So maybe November. So no, November was Survivor Series. It, it was probably, it had to be September, October. Um, so yeah, then you lost the first day of January and then you're losing early April. And that's three losses to the same person in the, the span of about six or seven months. Like that's, it's tough to yeah. buy into a guy after that. Yeah, that's not a good look. I I would imagine if he loses, you leaving. And I'm not, I'm not saying like that's like the the factor of him like deciding to leave. I just feel like that's the writing on the wall. Of like, yeah, if he loses. Like, then why? Like, why would? Because the, the way that I see it right now is how things currently stand. Why would Drew leave? Like, why would he leave the WWE unless unless AEW is going to offer him so much money that he just can't refuse it? But given his position in the WWE and and how hot the WWE product is right now. And the fact that, like, he's, he could legitimately be, like, if they have, like, five, you know, top stars in their company right now, he's one of them, at least for sure on the male side. They have they have some really, really, like, they're they're in a great position with their, their men and their women right now because they have, like, so many, like, legitimate superstars on their roster right now that are really, really over that Drew's one of them. And unless there's some sort of weird thing with like his pay and his contract that they can't figure out. I have no idea why he would leave right now. Well, this is like the best time for him to be in the WWE. I mean, money is always going to be a deciding factor in this. And I don't know what they're offering. Um, I don't know what type of perks may or may not be in there, but you, you follow UFC closely enough, Jensen. They let these guys walk endeavor like Francis and Ganu didn't seem like he was making outrageous demands based on his position as the top heavyweight in the world, based on how much money UFC was making is making. And they couldn't come to agreement because they're like, Nope, we want to pay you this much Were you want more than that. Good luck. Go elsewhere. Like the endeavor. It, it said all the time, this was before endeavor, uh, purchased the company or, or made an agreement with the company to form TKO. Everybody's a spoke on the wheel, a cog in the machine in WWE. They're going to pay you what they think you're worth. If they don't think you're worth over that, they'll be like, okay, good luck. Good luck elsewhere. So yeah. I, it wouldn't be surprising if they can't come to a monetary agreement and Endeavor's just like, all right, no, we think you're worth this much. That's what we're going to give you. Good luck elsewhere. No, and you're right about that. And it, it, not just Francis Ngannou. I mean, Nate Diaz, another, I mean, humongous star that they let walk off. I mean, you know, a lot of it also has to do with, like, what's their, what are their motivations, like, as as wrestlers or as fighters or whatever. Like, you know, Nate wanted to go off into boxing. Francis wanted to go off into boxing. They wanted to do, like, non-MMA stuff that the company wouldn't let them do also, which obviously I side with the fighters in these scenarios because, like, they should have the freedom, especially if it's a different sport, technically, to to explore that if they want to, especially if they're going to be offered millions of dollars to be able to do that. If, they're, if someone's going to offer you more money, like, for, I mean, in Francis's case, 
way, way, way more money to box than to fight in the UFC, then I, I totally get that from a business perspective, for sure, on both sides, honestly. Um, but but I, I definitely side more with, with Francis and the fighters, because like the UFC, the problem with what the UFC is doing to their fighters without going down this rabbit hole too much is they make so much money as a company that like it's pretty much been proven that like like the, the fighters should be getting paid more, especially the ones that are like really bringing in pay-per-view. And Francis was criminally underpaid considering how much pay-per-view money he was bringing into the company. Um, and just like where the rest of the money is going, like it wasn't going to the fighters. So, <clears throat> so I understand the discrepancy and, and, and all that, but, um, and, and with WWE, it's true too. I mean, I, I don't know the circumstances of like everyone who's gotten cut by the WWE since Endeavor and stuff, but you know, one of the first things they can one of the first things that was really noticeable to me was like, you know, Nick Nemeth and like, you know, guys like that who have been with the company for a really long time, who made a lot of money, who weren't like the world champion. And in, in like recent memory, it was similar in the UFC. We talked about, you know, when, when Endeavor came in and they started cutting, you know, Chuck Liddell and, and all these guys who like were signed by the company, but weren't like actively fighting, but were promised jobs. But like those, that went out the window. Cause it was just, it was about the bottom line. It was like, we're looking at a sheet of paper, how much, what, where, how much money we're giving this person, how much money they're bringing back in. We have no emotional, relationship with this person whatsoever to them it's just a name on a screen and they just go okay we'll take the name off the screen and then more money goes over here and so they could be they could see it like that with with drew mcintyre it's possible um but i think if they're if the wwe is smart they'll they'll fight to keep him on their roster because i think he's a very 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 valuable asset for them to have right now for a lot of reasons and also globally wwe is such a global company drew mcintyre is a global international superstar and he's and he's in his prime right now. I think that would be a really it'd be a bad loss for the WWE to let him walk. But just like you, dude, if 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 he wound up in, in AEW or something, I'm definitely interested to see what Drew McIntyre looks like elsewhere. But this just feels like the best time ever for him to be a top guy in the WWE right now. Oh, delayed Gratz saying Drew is already resigned, multi-year deal right now. That's uh again Alex McCarthy, who I definitely trust on this uh he was on uh in the weeds yesterday if i can go watch that interview if you would like mccarthy gave more insight on drew and he said he hasn't resigned again i trust mccarthy on this um and he's and then delayed grats also saying pushing him is stupid if he loses wrestlemania 40 that's an indication of where talks are going i doubt they give him a wrestlemania match without a contract extension drew getting serious name credit just to walk to aw wwe learned from their mistake in 2019 i mean did they because in 2021, they put Brian Danielson in a WrestleMania main event without any type of contract agreement in place. And I understand he lost that match, but he was still main eventing that show. And then he was on AEW TV by the end of the year. So I don't think they did learn from their mistake in 2019. I think that they're going to book what they feel is sort of best for the company they think Drew McIntyre and what he's doing is best for the company right now. I don't disagree with that. He's doing great work. I think it's a good faith act on their part to be like, hey, you're not you're not around right now or you're not technically re-signed right now, but you're hot. So we're going to book you. We're not just going to ice you just because you haven't re-signed. Um, and that's also going to more likely have him be probably more likely to resign because of the good faith that you're talking about. Like the fact that they're like still going with him. He's probably going to be like, these people and like me. Like, if you trust me, trust me. 
and we don't know exactly when the contract ends, by the way. I don't think that's ever been reported. We know it goes past WrestleMania because there was injury time added. And he's been advertised for shows in early May. So I would assume he's at least around through May, through the middle of May, if they're advertising him for early May shows overseas. After that, you know, who knows? It, for all we know, his contract could extend into July. And it, that point it's like yeah sure you should have him in a wrestlemania spot because by the time you get to july a lot of things can change so i said this yesterday on on in the weeds i think drew should win the title i think it should do summer of drew i think punk should come punk should be ready by then drew and punk is a ready-made story and punk is just like you gonna take that title elsewhere is that what you're gonna do you think the grass is greener elsewhere you want to go work wednesdays and saturdays with children is that what you want to do? I think it'd be great. It'd be hilarious. And that's People actually the move. It, that's the move. That that would be a that would be. I love the idea of uh, the summer of Drew. And uh, sorry, I had to sneeze there. Bless I love you. the the thing of the uh, the summer of Drew. I don't have like a mute button. I have to like hit it on my screen. Yeah, it's kind of awkwardly like place <laughs> how my setup is. But uh, <laughs> but I, I love the idea of, of Drew McIntyre doing the summer of Drew and they have that built in for when Punk comes back. Obviously, that's gonna be Punk's first big feud when he's back is gonna be Drew. Um so yeah, I'm 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 all about I'm all about all of that. Tommy Maynard sends a super chat says Seth takes the pen night one, loses to Drew opening match night two for his story of a defeated here to go on and rebuild, then Bloodline is feeling. I don't know what the final part of that is, but I, you know, we talked a little bit about Seth potentially losing night one and then losing to Drew night two and just basically biting off more than he can, he can chew uh, in, in the state that he is in. So I could, I could see that. I think the only scenario is that I can't see is Roman losing night one, unless he's going to win night two, unless he's just going to lose the tag team match. And then he comes back and he beats Cody. I think Jensen, I'll say this for, for your, for your sake as the Cody fan. If Roman loses night one, I don't know if I'd watch night two. If I, were yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I will say this about the, the we mentioned it before in the, this last point I'll make with drew is that, you know, delayed Gratz saying that, you know, pushing him is stupid, putting him in the main event and all this stuff. And, and it looks like he's, he's agreeing with, you know, your point with Danielson. Um, <clears throat> they, um, I think it's really more of an indication of Drew wins or not. Like if he wins, obviously he's staying. If he loses, there's a good chance he's out because obviously like if we're going to put the title on him, like WrestleMania would be the time to do it right now. So, um, uh, Oh, Tommy with another super chat. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So the, the rest of the super chat bloodline is feeling confident night two. Cody wins. Then 2024 is about Cody being the best bloodline falling apart to rock and Roman at 41 yeah we've we've talked about that uh scenario many times of uh of what they could do coming out of night one and night two with them and then tommy also said special on fightful let's go we appreciate Tommy. tommy's always here supporting us we appreciate it thanks buddy you rule thank you uh we gotta move on to our other spotlight our product is what it is we're going straight up the middle Mustafa Ali winning the X Division Championship at TNA No Surrender, defeating Chris Sabin in the headlining match. Uh, Jensen, what's your thoughts on the move with Ali winning the X Division title? <clears throat> really cool for him. I, I didn't realize because he cut the promo after the match that this is the first major singles, uh, or certainly, I guess, major title just in general in the last like 20 years, I think you said. 
Yeah, he didn't win a title in in WWE, so maybe not twenty years. But I'm not exaggerating with that amount of time. It's but it's it's been a long, long because he did. I was I went to look back and I, I thought that he'd won the cruiserweight title, but he didn't. Yeah, and I was like always in a lot of great matches in the cruiserweight division, but yeah, yeah he never was like title. There was like a big push for him to like become the IC champion and stuff, and like and it never happened, I guess. And I mean, so. I mean, really, when you think, because I guess what he's referring to is really his entire career, really. He has, he's never won a major championship. It depends on, obviously, what you consider a major championship. Um, the freelance world title was the last one he kind of, uh, he won that was sort of um, a, a bigger title. So I, w- I would say that would would be considered bigger championship uh but that yeah, was 2016 so i mean yeah it's almost 10 years and listen i yeah. love freelance wrestling i think they put on great shows um uh the current champion storm is really good i i love craig mitchell and those guys like i'm, I'm a fan of, of freelance for sure but um <clears throat> obviously the exhibition championship much much bigger more well-known championship in the world of wrestling and that's just i mean that was honestly the biggest takeaway i had from all these win outside of like the fact that it's really cool that he is exhibition champion and he's getting to pop up in so many companies and he's, he's so talented and so over right now. Like, and like, he's kind of going to show the WWE in a lot of ways, like what they missed out on, what they had for so long and weren't really fully utilizing. But that was really the big takeaway for me was like, man, not even in the WWE, like he didn't win anything in the WWE. No. (laughs) And he was, People forget Kofi Mania was like might not have ever happened if like because w- w- wasn't it Ali that got hurt and then Kofi got put in like that multi man match and then like that was like the whole I mean in a lot of people when that happened you know afterwards like the the fan base for Ali was still there and they were like well keep pushing Ali like y'all forgetting about Ali we were all we were behind Ali before he got hurt like and he just never they kind of stop and started some stuff with him. But yeah, I just, I think it's absolutely wild that, that he never won anything in that company. Um, it's pretty justified. His fan base was so pissed off for so long that he was being underutilized. Like when you realize he never won anything in the damn company all those years. And uh, Chris Saban rules also like he's, he's, you know, I, I was, the two of them are, are awesome. And Chris Saban, uh, Tommy said in the, I'll put it the super chat up here um, says, Ali is great. However, Chris Saban is underrated. I don't know. If, I guess kind of, I mean, in the grand scheme of things he might be, but I, I do think most people that know, you know, recognize Chris Saban is one of the best singles and tag team wrestlers, uh, especially like outside of the WWE, you know, for the last, you know, multiple decades Chris Saban's the man. So yeah. Underrated is you know, largely based on just your, your push with, with everything because, uh, yeah, like you said, I don't think anybody, certainly in our circle is like, Oh, Chris Saban doesn't get enough love. Like you know, Chad Gable is was most underrated in the Observer Awards this year. It's like everyone we know is like Chad Gable is one of the best out there, but you know because he hasn't won a title or anything like that, everybody's like, oh, Chad Gable. He's, yeah, underrated might not be the word. Underpushed, maybe, but yeah, everyone loves Chris Saban. I've never heard a bad word about Chris Saban and and his his wrestling. Same with same with Chad Gable. So I understand what you mean by by being underrated. Uh, and then Tommy also says some of these guys like Saban and Shelley who weren't great promos as young wrestlers, heavy merges, veterans and great promos. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, Alex Shelley, I think Alex Shelley was an underrated promo. 
uh, that was a guy you never heard about being like one of the top promo guys. But even before, I know people talk about the paparazzi production stuff with Kevin Nash. Even before that, he stood out as a promo to me. Um, that like that helped elevate him uh, w- working with Nash and everything. But yeah, Alex Shelley was to me is like an underrated promo because you never hear him as one of like the top promo guys on uh, in wrestling. Yeah, and Shelly's also one of the, similar to Saban, but Shelly even more so, honestly, at least recently. Shelly is all over the independent scene as, like, the champion of, like, multiple companies. And, like, he's he's really, and he was the IWTV independent wrestling world champion, you know, not too long ago and stuff. Like, he's, Shelly's grinding still as a singles guy. Um, And he also had to, he, I don't know what his, what his personal life looks like, but I know he had, uh, like during the pandemic and stuff, like he couldn't wrestle as as much for like impact because of his like actual shoot job. And then uh, he was like working more indies and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, Shelly's a grinder. I'm, I'm a big fan of both Saban and Shelly for sure. Um, anything else from Ali? <clears throat> um, no, I'm just happy for him. I'm, I'm happy that he's getting all this, uh, all this love right now, this respect from the fan base Every, er, everywhere. He's wrestling. He's putting on banger matches. He's starting to get some championships. Like, good for him this is the kind of run you want to have after wanting to leave the WWE for so long and being pretty public about it like he wanted out his fan base wanted him out and now he's getting to actually show out you know this is good stuff good for him uh let's move on to our indie spotlight then i'm gonna give a big mother fucking shout out punjabi prison match is coming to joey janela's spring break it is Jacob and Zilla Fatu against Violence for Forever, against Bollywood Boys, against Los Pacisos. The real Punjabi prison, says Virginella. I don't know what that means, the real Punjabi prison. I'm expecting, I don't know what I'm expecting from this. Janela Spring Break is a stupid <laughs> no. I, Can the venue even like hold some nonsense like this? I, I I don't know. What do you think is that this actual Punjabi prison is, Jensen? Just one second. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Janela oh, made this good. announcement. Sorry. No, no, there we go. I'll, 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 I'll set this up. So okay. basically, what wound up happening this this most recent GCW show was really tag team heavy. Um, they had I'm gonna miss some stuff, but um, the Bollywood Boys beat the Garbage Daddies in one of the matches. Um, uh, the Fatus defeated Los Macisos in one of the matches. Uh, Balances Forever retained the GCW World Tag Team titles. And after they retained the titles, they got on the microphone and said, basically, any team, anytime, anywhere, like, we'll defend these titles. The Bollywood Boys came out and said, basically said, like, we lay claim to a shot at, at the championships because, you know, we won earlier tonight over uh, Alec Price and Cole Radrick. Um, this brings out Los Macisos, who basically, you know, they lay claim because they're, I always forget, they're like the either three or four, I think four-time uh, GCW tag team champions. Even though they lost earlier in the night, they're still the most decorated tag team in GCW history. So they come out, they want a shot at the titles. And then um, but the Fatus come out because um, they had just beat Los Macisos earlier in the night. So it's like all these teams had a reason to want a shot against Violences Forever. BIF beat Macisos uh, for the titles as well. So, yeah, the Bollywood Boys announced <laughs> announced it's going to happen in a Punjabi prison. 
Joe Janela, as I think you were about to say, tweets out that it's going to be the real prison, which is just, I don't know how they're, I don't, I doubt that it's going to, I don't know what this thing is going to look like, um, but I'm excited. Real Punjabi prison. I'm just going to, I might regret this, but Googling Punjabi prison, it's all WWE results. Like it's a big structure. Yeah. It's not like they're, you know, holding the the spring break event in like a, a giant venue. It's it's always in a, a smaller kind of no. venue. The, the, Do you think it's gonna be like the, the toy Punjabi prison? Dude, it's gonna be made out of like PVC pipes or something. Like this thing's gonna be and listen, Kevin Q was marking out. I tweeted about the match and like Q quote tweeted it right away with his own quote tweet from a tweet he had made in 2018 saying something like my ultimate goal in wrestling is to get into Pujabi prison. Like it, like, so he's manifested this. And also I need to throw this out there because this is a name that I'm going to be using going forward pretty often. Probably Zilla Fatu um, is the actual son of Umaga for people who might not know. And he vibes very similar to Sola Sokoa. Like they do the tape thumb thing. They look very similar in a lot of ways. Um, but I don't know if anyone's called Solo this or not. I might be saying something that like people, this is already Joe people are putting out there. But Zilla Fatu, I'm calling New Maga from now on. That's the nickname. New Maga. Before people start stealing that. Because this dude, he does the thumb. He does the, like, he, and he's Umaga's actual son. So like New Maga is Zilla Fatu. And I think uh, him and Jacob, uh, they're, they're killing it as a tag team so far. Jacob had previously been teaming mostly with um, Juicy Finau um, in GCW, but him and Zilla, I think, is a much better tag team, uh, personally. I like Juicy as well, but totally different skill set. And I, I could see Zilla uh, potentially coming over like the WWE with Jacob at some point as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I just want to throw that out there, too. Pujambi Prison, I who... Who knows? But I mean, I love it because it's, I mean, yeah, it's spring break. This is going to be, I, I look forward to spring break more than like pretty much any show of the year. So I'm, you know, I'm obviously pretty hyped to see whatever they're going to put together for, for a four tag team GCW title, you know, Punjabi prison match. Uh, Jits, I know you got to run. I'll let everybody know where they can find you at. <laughs> yes, I do. And we got two interviews for y'all that Jeremy's going to yeah. tee up for you guys here in just a second. Two big interviews promoting two big, two big shows this weekend. I'll be dual screening IWS and SCI. So, uh, and those are two different platforms. We got uh, Triller TV Plus and we got IWTV. Use code Fight Talk on IWTV. Um, if you guys want to follow me on X, it is Fight Talk underscore. And uh, listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. It's every Sunday, sometimes Mondays over on FightfulSelect.com. I'll probably record Sunday before AEW Revolution is my guess. I'll probably do it like Sunday morning or afternoon. Um, I believe I'm going to join Tom Talks Rubbish again soon as well. Nice. He invited me on. Um, I've done some shows with him in the past. So you, so you may hear me on uh, his show uh, really soon as well. So just keep a lookout for that stuff. And uh, good seeing you, Jeremy. Good seeing the chat. I'm going to go clock in for the shoot job. Thank you as always, Jensen. All right. A couple super chats here from Tommy. Uh, YouTube is auto guessing my words. Sorry for the wild amount of grammatical errors. I hope TNA gets on a great network this year. Also, Ali is swole. What happened? Ali's always been bigger. And, you know, when he's in a company that's not WWE where everybody is super jacked, he stands out a little bit more. Uh, and I'm sure he took the 90 days to continue to, to work on himself and, and just get, get in even better shape 
and he already was, but you know, all these guys in WWE for the most part are in like fantastic shape. You just don't know it because literally everyone is in fantastic shape. And then they go elsewhere. That's not WWE. And you realize just how much bigger they are. than a lot of guys, they, the thing I always say the two look at Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn is a, still a monster in AEW. And then if drew went to like AEW you would just see how much bigger he is than a lot of these guys. Drew was like towering over Roman. Like, and we think Roman is a gigantic figure because he is And drew almost dwarfed him. Like if drew goes to AEW, they got to figure out some camera angles and stuff. Cause he's going to look, he's, he's going to just, he's going to overshadow a lot of people in AEW just on, on size alone. All right, guys, we do have two interviews for you today. Uh, we have Scott Hensley from SEI talking the SEI Rumble with this weekend, and Shane Hawk, who's been on In the Weeds a couple times. He's talking IWS, uh, their anniversary show this weekend, and their upcoming documentary. So we're going to get into both of those. We'll run the first one. We'll talk to Scott first, and then I will come back and set up the second one with Shane, and then we'll wrap up. So get a longer show today with two interviews. Hopefully you guys enjoy both of them. Get a lot of wrestling this weekend we appreciate you guys here is scott hensley of sei welcome to the creator spotlight here on the spotlight on fightful i am steven jensen joined as always by jeremy lambert and our guest today is a co-founder of the cynic city invitational one of my favorite if you want to call it territories you know companies in all of independent professional wrestling i've, I've gone to many shows myself in person great events all across the board we are joined by scott hensley scott how you doing man thanks for joining the show Hey, I am great. Doesn't my background look exactly like I'm in a car? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing because we were talking about it before we started recording, but you're, I mean, knock on wood, but your, your reception is better than a lot of people when they're just like at home on their, <laughs> on their Wi-Fi. So this actually, you, you sound great. You look clear. So we appreciate you doing this and uh, taking the time while, while you're on your drive right now, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of look shadowy. So I'm, I'm a shadowy wrestling promoter. Oh, yes, yes. Well, Scott, thanks for joining us. Like I said, um, big weekend for you guys with the SCI. We've got the SCI Rumble coming up. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, prestigious uh, prestigious event every year. I mean, you guys have been doing this, I believe, since 2017. And uh, pretty much everyone who's won this thing has gone on to become a, you know, a big deal. So uh, if you wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of this event coming up here on, uh, on March the 2nd. Yeah, with what we do, we really have two goals. Uh, the first one being to help local schools or organizations raise a lot of money. And the second goal being to elevate uh, area independent wrestling talent. And uh, we like to have sort of what we call like an all-star game where we bring in the absolute best independent wrestlers that we can find from the Southeast and beyond. And uh, we like to put them head to head and see what happens. And uh, with the Scenic City Rumble, uh, I, I just think that it's one of those events where if you want to keep following along with what we're doing, then it definitely leads into more with the winner of the Rumble match getting a spot in our annual Scenic City Invitational Tournament in July, and they get to pick their first round opponent from the field. So 
it's also just a big spectacle in itself for just casual fans that want to come out and don't really know anything about the wrestlers, don't really care anything about the wrestlers, but just want to see people throwing each other around or flipping on their head or whatever. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a really fun event and something that I'm really glad that we get to do. We raised over $7,000 for this school last year, and I'm hoping we do better this year. Man, also go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say just how, how the idea altogether came to, to fruition of like what made you want to be like, all right, look, I want to do this Rumble annually. I want to make it a, a charity event. Like how did it all come together initially? Uh, we started the tournament uh, back in twenty. Uh, 20- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 15, uh, we partnered with a local promotion called Empire Pro Wrestling, and then in 2016, we had the chance to partner with a school, and uh, so my other co- the other co-founder of uh, the Scenic City Invitational, uh, his name is uh, Josh Massey, he wrestled as Ace Rockwell, but uh, he had a lot of great contacts with coaches and schools, and uh, so we were able to sort of link up with a school, and uh, we realized, hey, you know, we get this nice venue. We get a a clean atmosphere that families feel safe coming to. And then, you know, we get this chance to help the community and raise this money while also presenting what we want to present. And so it was a, a really mutually beneficial partnership and still is. I, I love how, because you guys run family-friendly events, normally like out of high schools and um, I like how, like, it's, it's hard to explain where, where I'm kind of getting at if you don't know, if you haven't seen these shows, but like, you've had people like Nick Gage, for instance, involved <laughs> and like, and, but like, he's able to like, not only keep it family friendly in front of that crowd in that venue, he's also the guy with the longest line of fans when the show's over, you know what I mean? And it's like, so it doesn't matter like who it is. You guys can bring in Matt Tremont. You guys can bring in even people you wouldn't think would be a like, quote unquote family friendly. As a matter of fact, I, um. I was live, I can't remember what year this was. I was live in, I can't remember what high school was. The name Saudi Daisy always just rings a bell to me. I don't know if it, is, if it was there or not, but I saw Darby Allen versus Joe Janela like live, you know, years before they became, you know, TV stars. So if you can kind of speak to that also, I mean, just like, I, I this is the fact that like, even though they're quote unquote family friendly shows, you're able to get like a wide variety of talent involved. Yeah, we've been really fortunate to have uh, a good eye for up-and-coming talent. A lot of that has been Dylan Hales behind the scenes. Uh, Big credit to him and his family for just being there from day one as big fans and uh, just having a platform that uh, people want to see what we are doing. You know, we we have had so many good area guys. Uh, You know, I think about guys like... from the early days, like Jason Collins and Chip Day and Corey Hollis and Gunnar Miller and Joey Lynch. And, you know, these are all guys that, you know, sort of went on to to have 
a little cup of coffee with WWE with um, NXT matches and WWE matches and stuff like that. You know, I mean, n- none of those guys are, are doing it for a living, but they are a firm foundation to build off of and were a, a great thing to build around. Uh, and, you know, we have uh, Jaden Newman right now who is on his way to Germany and will actually miss the Scenic City Rumble for the very first time. Uh, but it's, uh, it's so fun to have a platform where we are able to present people for the very first time. I just think about like uh, festivals for bands and, you know, you come for maybe a headliner or two or three that you, you recognize and then you discover all these awesome bands that you've never heard of. Or for us, it's awesome wrestlers uh, that you've never seen before. And, you know, they're on a bigger stage. They're in an environment where you get to see them and uh, learn who they are and become new fans well so someone you just mentioned <laughs> Jaden newman if you could elaborate a little bit more on him just specifically because he's someone i've talked we talked about this before we've had him on the show before as a matter of fact to talk about this but Jaden, y'all were running shows in the high school he graduated from before he was even involved in the sei tournaments and it was like a goal of his as a teenager to like get on the shows i remember when he was too young to get in, into sub shows because they were like 18 plus or maybe 21 plus and he couldn't get in and what's it like to see the progression of him going from literally a fan in his own high school watching this product all the way to being a part of like the decision making process Man, it's it's the most rewarding thing with what we do uh, to be the wind in somebody's sails and to give people opportunities that maybe they would not have gotten otherwise or just to give them opportunities to work towards. And uh, with Jaden, man, I am so proud of him. Uh, he actually used to come. It was his middle school that we ran at. And I can remember uh, him and his friend actually asking for my autograph in the stands one time time. He still has a hat signed by myself and uh, the other co-founder, Ace Rockwell. Uh, He has an NWA Chattanooga hat signed by us. And, you know, little did he know that one day he would be, you know, the Scenic City Invitational Champion, that he would be representing the Scenic City all over the world, going to WXW in Germany, getting, uh, you know, footage on the WWE Network, uh, wrestling some of the best wrestlers in the world with Timothy Thatcher and Jonathan Gresham and, uh, you know, a who's who, but he was a guy that, you know, he was a kid that sort of got it handed to him early on, uh, with his grandfather buying him a wrestling company. And everybody is like, who is this kid that his grandfather bought him this company, you know? And so we really made him earn it. And he always has stepped up. He always took feedback and he always went above and beyond to, uh, just show that he was way more motivated than we were to challenge him uh, just above and beyond every time. I, I got to ask about the final entrant in, in this thing who was announced earlier. I guess it was last week <laughs> at this point. Corey Ryan Forrester is in this thing. Please tell me how this came together. Uh, so with uh kind of went sideways there. I'm I'm still, I'm still upright. I promise. Um, So, (laughs) so with, uh, with Corey Ryan Forrester, uh, he's a guy that, you know, is sort of local to the Chattanooga area, uh, even though he is nationally known or more than that, maybe, but 
guy that, you know, I, I had seen around and heard and seen that he was involved sort of with some rap. <laughs> with Corey Ride Forrester, a uh, local guy involved with wrestling. You can tell he's super passionate about professional wrestling uh, and was a buddy of Conrad Thompson. You know, I'd heard him on some of Conrad's podcasts or heard Conrad mention him. And so I had shot him a message actually last year, and uh, he did not get the message before last year's show. Uh, but he told me, you know, this, I, I would love to try to be involved with something like this, you know, just let me know next year. And so this is next year. It came around and uh, I asked him and he said, man, he said, you know, I, I'm all in. And um, it's, it's so different than just some random person that, you know, might have a little bit of clout or something with Corey. He's a legitimate fan who, I mean, heart, he, he, he told me, I guess, Sunday afternoon, he said, this is really living part of my childhood dream. You know, his, his dream was to be a stand-up comedian, which he's done. And uh, he said, but really, he said, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. And so to get to be a part of li helping somebody live their dream is just awesome. But um, so, I mean, we, we've had some people that we've partnered with before, with it being schools and coaches and different people. But to have somebody that can get 150,000 plus views on a really entertaining video where they are pushing your show and the important dates and parts of it, uh, you, you can't ask for more than that. And we are so excited about the buttercream dream. <laughs> we, um, we were just actually talking, um, myself and Jeremy, for a second about Adam Priest. Would you like to speak on Adam Priest, any style Adam Priest, who... Um, for my money, he's one of the best in-ring workers in, in the whole world. And like the Southeast is known for quite some time, but you know, he's going to be on the show this week and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Adam is, uh, he, he's one of the best wrestlers that you'll find anywhere. Uh, he earns his title of any style because he's willing to get in there with anybody and can have a good match with anybody. Uh, he is a, a scrappy guy that, uh, just, um, I mean, he makes it happen. Uh, he's a guy that showed up in 2017. He had wrestled a little bit in Alabama, and uh, we actually had a Joey Mercury seminar at the Scenic City Rumble in 2017. And uh, some little guy showed up and was uh, – he was very – I would say – I mean, you could tell his heart was really into it. And a lot of times with the seminar stuff, like people will show up in car loads and groups and you really already kind of know who they are. But he showed up a complete unknown with people, even in the seminar. At one point, Joey Mercury was like, uh, you know, he said something about like, uh, you, you're getting getting a little into this, aren't you? Or something like, I just remember him commenting to Adam Priest about just how into it he really was. And uh, he went to Alabama and evolved through New South and uh, was able to come back over to us with Scenic City and, you know, has uh, worked really hard down at Action. He's gotten some shots at AEW. Uh, I think he got maybe an NXT match or two. And, uh, you know, he's he's one of those guys that, you know, every single time when he goes into the ring, he's going to have a good match. Well, and a guy he's got a lot of history with, he was in a very similar situation, is Derek Neal, who he's wrestling this weekend. If you want to speak a bit on Derek, because he's one of those guys who, like, I remember, like, there was a real, um, like, people were, like, trying to get him, like, 
in the NWA at one point. Like there was like a, oh, yeah. like, you know, and, and I was like, they're crazy for not go for him. I, I, they went with like, like a uh, Silas, um, throw belly Silas, like, you know, and, and, and I was like, oh yeah, he makes, you know, he fits in good. But I was like, man, Derek Neal, like deserves more opportunities. And, uh, him and, and I think him and Adam priest is going to be an absolute banger. Yeah. So Derek Neal is a guy that I first saw probably back in, I would say the late, uh, uh, well, I would say like 2000 and maybe nine or 10. So I, I've been involved with wrestling since 2006. And so I, I was working for a promotion in Nashville called Saul and Derek Neal was like a preliminary guy up there. Uh, you know, he had done a lot of matches and stuff at the, uh, what was it? The, um, USWO maybe the ATL USWO where they had it at the stadium in I think he had wrestled there a lot but he was trained by a guy named Chris Michaels who is a phenomenal wrestler uh, another guy that has never really gotten his flowers in wrestling uh, but Derek Neal like those guys that he gets better every single time you see him and so to have him and Adam Priest, who I looked at their record, and I think they are actually tied at three wins each. They have fought six times before, so this is a rubber match for them. And uh, Derek New, unlike my connection, Okay. And uh, I, I mean, D Derek and to, to be able to have Derek Neal and Adam Priest on on your show, like I, I made a, a Twitter post about it or a tweet on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. But I said, do you realize how good your show has to be to put those two guys against each other? Because every show that they're on, it's like, you know, you're in with this guy because you play to their strengths. But to have a show as good as we have coming up with the scenic city rumble, we were able to put them together and uh, it's going to be beautiful music. One last follow up for that. Just, I just, I don't want to forget to ask her, you'll run out of time. I know you've been, as you mentioned, you've been involved a very long time, like in, in the wrestling scene. How did you actually like get involved yourself? Uh, I used to go to shows and write show reports and wrestlers are so hungry for that feedback and uh, it's cool to see their name online in a report. And so I guess, uh, well, th there was actually two ends for me. The first one was in Georgia. I went to a show uh, in Canton, Georgia. I think it was IWE was the promotion. Uh, it was run by Josh Wheeler, uh, who runs AWE, or um, there's some other promotions that he's been involved with in the Atlanta area, but has always had a huge eye for bringing in up-and-coming stars and talent. Uh, so I went to a, one of those shows, and afterwards, uh, I had heard that a guy was from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and that guy was Ace Rockwell. Uh, so he told me he was putting on a pep rally or a, a show for a school and asked if I wanted to come up and referee. And so of, of all things, like referee. So I actually went up and refereed for uh, Abdullah the Butcher that night. And uh, so that was my first night in wrestling back in 2006. And then uh, I had helped out with some things. But then in 2007 or eight, somewhere in there, um, a guy in 
uh, Alabama had actually uh, asked me to come to his show in Scottsboro, Alabama, and it was Christian Haim, uh, which is a guy that I, I think just deserves a ton of admiration and acknowledgement and respect for uh, the path that he sort of paved out of the Southeast for wrestlers. Uh, he's a guy that was going to Chikara and IWA Mid-South and CZW and was wrestling that sort of ring of honor style that combined the uh like the the japanese styles and um lucha libre styles and the 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 not southern wrestling styles christian haim was not going to go in there and say you know he pulled my hair he pulled my tights and you know the the old school shtick stuff but uh he was a guy that he and like cabana man dan who is still wrestling uh they were work rate guys and they they brought that style into the Southeast. Um, so Christian invited me down to a show in um, Scottsboro, Alabama, ultimate NWA run by a guy named Will Owens, uh, who trained Corey Hollis. Uh, but Will saw me there and he goes, Hey, do you have any pants? I said, what? He goes, I need a ring announcer. He goes, do you have any pants? I had cargo shorts on. I said, no. I said, this is all I have. So he yells at his uh, nephew and he says, hey, give him your shirt. And so his nephew just takes off a collared shirt and throws it at me. And he goes, uh, can you be my ring announcer tonight? And I said, I guess. He goes, no. He said, there's no guess. He said, you either can or can't. And I said, then I can. And so from from there on out, I uh, I was able to start ring announcing and learning the ropes down there from a lot of guys that had been involved with like NWA Wildside and uh, guys that had at least worked with people that, that made money. And so I, I really got that pedigree of working with them. And then I was able to bring the Chattanooga guys down there to Ultimate NWA and then come back to Chattanooga for NWA Chattanooga, uh, go up to work in Nashville for, uh, for Saul, uh, worked in Knoxville for Southeastern Championship Wrestling with Dave Marquez. Uh, and then I've, I've done Georgia Premier Wrestling in uh, Georgia with um, Daryl and Woody. They uh, actually hosted AJ Styles' last independent match. So uh, I got to do commentary on that, and uh, it's been a fun ride. I want to ask how you would assess yourself as a ring announcer being thrown into that, that, that first night with somebody else's <laughs> pants and, and shirt, basically. <laughs> um, I, I got, I got the feedback of uh, stop walking around and looking around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I'm I'm a decently well spoken and educated person, so uh, you know, and I had a suit uh, later on, not that night, but you know, to and I'm going out again. No, no, no we still got. Oh you. yeah, you're fine. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. Actually, yeah, you're still good. Yeah. yeah so, so I mean, to to have a suit and be decently well spoken and educated, I mean that uh, that gives me a little advantage, I guess. And you know, unfortunately, I am taller than like ninety percent of independent wrestlers. So uh, I'm I'm six foot one, but with with shoes and with hair, probably six two or three. And so that that's that's unfortunate, but uh, it's uh, it's fun. I do want to do want to ask a, on a follow up to that of memories from AJ Styles' last independent match in that show. 
AJ is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. I grew up uh, in Middle Tennessee going to TNA shows, and uh, afterwards I would hang out and try to meet people and stuff. And uh, one time I did get to meet AJ, and uh, he's just the most down-to-earth, nice guy ever. He's he's a real human being, unlike some of the guys that you know just can't get out of character, which some of them it's really like uh, – it's admirable to some of them. And then some of them, it's just really weird, but AJ is a good guy. He's a normal guy. And, uh, so to be able to work that show, that last independent show with him, uh, it's a dream come true. Uh, it really was. We didn't think he was going to show up. He actually was on a WWE show in California on Friday night before that show. And the promoter, uh, Greg Hollander, who our Scenic City Invitational Trophy is actually named after, uh, he, he told everybody, AJ says he's coming. And I believe AJ. So we were like, okay, I guess we believe you and we believe AJ. And well, he's in California with WWE the night before. Really, Woody? Is he really coming? And uh, true to his word, you know, he's he's a guy of character. And he showed up. You know, he had already debuted at the Royal Rumble. He was already on the road with WWE. And he comes back to honor that last commitment. And uh, to be able to call his last match and to be able to, to see him wrestle Corey Hollis, which was a guy that I had, you know, started with at, at ultimate NWA in Alabama. Um, it was really cool. It was, it was really special. And AJ addressed the crowd after that match. And, um, he yelled at one of his sons. It may have been the son that just signed to play like college baseball, but you know, uh, he, he yelled at him and like his son was like watching like a phone or something. He wasn't even paying attention. So I, I just remember that, but the, the match was good. AJ's great. And, uh, what, what an experience. That so that is kind of insane. I'm looking at the the, the cage match. They they always uh, reference cage match, but yeah, debuts at the the Rumble after doing all of his uh, independent <laughs> shots and everything in the UK. Um, he does all that. Debuts at the Rumble. Wrestles Chris Jericho on Raw. Wrestles Curtis Axel Curtis Axel on SmackDown. Wrestles The Miz on SmackDown. Then faces Corey Hollis at, at GPW. It's so it's a weird little thing that you would not think of because he was on WWE television at this point that is insane yeah i uh go ahead sorry to say you mentioned Corey hollis and i just wanted to follow up on this real quick because Corey hollis he's a former winner of the rumble itself um are you aware of the fan that he like got to never show back up to wrestling ever again that you that people were calling the hype back the years ago do you know about this no, I don't. So there's there was this fan who we I, I can't take credit for the name, but like the name we would call we would call him the hype. It would be like Righteous Jesse and 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 Steve McCash and like all the guys kind of involved with stuff. We all had this name for him called the hype because this guy would come to shows and it was happening for a while, and he would bring a replica NXT title belt and just he and like he was super into the show. He's the kind of fan you want to a degree but he would take it way too far. Like when there was no noise happening, it was just nonstop chanting and it got like obnoxious. And then he eventually tried to become a part of the show and got up on the ring apron during, mm. during a match. And Corey Hollis basically punked him so hard that we never saw him again. So um, just want to throw that out there. There's going to be some people here in this interview that are going to really get a pop from just even hearing the hype being brought up. And we never saw him again. 
And we can all thank Corey Hollis for that. So I wanted to, to put that out there. Yeah, it sounds like Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, another guy that means a lot to uh, to the Southeast scene. A guy who I actually, uh, years ago, I attended his retirement match. This was a long time ago. Tank. Still out there, still out there doing it. Um, yeah, so uh, he'll, well, can you speak to the importance of Tank uh, in the SCI in the Southeast? He'll be wrestling this weekend as well for you guys. Yeah, I, it's just amazing that Tank is still going. You know, he, he still has gas in that tank, so to speak. Uh, you know, he's a guy, he started wrestling in 1996. He, he, he's wrestled, he's wrestled Abdullah the Butcher, Terry Gordy, Demolition Axe, Big Boss Man, uh, you know, all these old school Southern guys. And then he's also wrestled like the current crop of just superstars of Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Claudio, Timothy Thatcher, Matt Riddle, you know, all these guys that are currently stars. Um, and he is timeless. Uh, he, he goes through all of the ages. He goes through all of the styles. Uh, you know, he is a guy that he can hang and he's, uh, you know, he, he retired and he, he took some time off and like, he's admitted that like, he just wasn't enjoying wrestling. And I think it really changed around that time that he retired. You know, that's about when sort of the, the AEW group sort of started coming to, to power and, and rising up and um i think some of the old school psychology went out the window and i think um you know intergender started more and some smaller wrestlers were getting bigger opportunities and you know i, I think i'm kind of putting some words in his mouth there but he he was not enjoying some of that and i think he he realized that um he just loved wrestling and he realized that there's still stories to be told with all of those things that I just mentioned. And, you know, he came back and, you know, he's battled, um, you know, since he came back, uh, Timothy Thatcher reached out to the scenic city invitational and TWE asking to wrestle tank. Uh, you know, so that was the story last year and a 100% true story from last year's Scenic City Invitational Tournament. Uh, but Tank is one of the pillars of Chattanooga wrestling and of Scenic City Invitational for sure. Um, so to have him around and to have him come back and enjoy doing what he does and in great shape, uh, you know, he's still got a family and got young kids and he he's so young at heart he really is and he's working hard and still having good entertaining matches and it's it's awesome to see uh, i want to kind of piggyback off of talking about tank i want to ask about cruel and him uh coming and defending the title the, this weekend and you know he's on back at mlw now he's well traveled been on television but having cruel on the show yeah, I mean, Cruel was a guy that uh, the former Logan Creed. I don't think I'm spoiling any. No, yeah, no, I'm not no, not spoiling anything for anybody I, there. But I, I was one of the guys, Scott. Just so you know, when he was doing the Mads Kruger thing a while back in MLW, but he was doing the Logan Creed thing pre-Cruel. I was really like, he's not showing his full abilities on MLW like at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, Cruel is one of those things that it's just an evolution. Uh, he's always had the athletic ability. He's always had a really good wrestling mind. He is a great guy to work with. Uh, 
actually like at one of our, I think in between our futures event and the night two, uh, he was walking around picking up trash. Like, I mean, he's one of those wrestlers that you want at every single show you do because he makes everything that much better. He makes everyone around him better. And I think people see him, see what he's doing and they want to achieve that you know he has an action figure that's sold out now and uh so you know i i wish him nothing but the best and i am so glad that we can still get to have him on an, a local independent show yeah he's killing it everywhere he's at he's i mean he's can't miss super talented i, I love seeing all the success he's having with the iwtv championship and everything like i feel like he really he really deserves it and even if you're not a wrestling fan like you see that guy for the first time and you're like <laughs> Oh my God, who's going to beat this guy? And then you see him do like a Tope Suicida and you're like, wait, what? Like he can do this too. So, I mean, yeah, he's, yeah I, I think he's a really special player as well. Um, someone else that I, I, I want to make sure to get your thoughts on and someone who I hate saying this because he's going to hear this. And I, I, have, I have a list of people like that I want to get on the show and it's just like all a matter of timing, just like wrestling. It just like comes down to the timing. I have for the longest time, probably the longest on my list has been Matt Griffin that we haven't had on. That like I've, <laughs> I've almost every few weeks, I'm like, all right, I got to reach out to Matt, and it's just like, all right, all right, well, maybe the next action show I'll reach out, then like something will come up, and I'm just like, can you speak on Matt because he obviously is a big part of what you guys are doing with the SCI now, and I think he does great stuff with action wrestling and just the whole Southeast in general. Yeah, Matt Griffin was a guy that I probably talked to for the first time on MySpace in probably 2000 and I want to say 2000 and like two or three. Like it was just like I added random wrestlers and like I just would message guys and like he was really cool to me, you know, JC North from NWA Wildside. And uh, then years later, uh, we do the Scenic City Invitational Tournament, uh, the very first one, 2015. And uh, a guy named Al Getz, uh, who is uh, actually going into, I saw the, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa, uh, for his work with uh, the analytics stuff that he does. I mean, just amazing stuff. So Al Getz showed up to scenic city to film it and his cameraman matt griffin jc north so matt has actually been at every single scenic city invitational tournament uh he's a guy that i i, I saw the passion in him i saw that he was itching to get back in he's a smart business guy he has legitimacy a former marine a former wrestler a guy that you know did some tna spots uh wrestled aj styles uh you know he has so many credentials and things that you want to be involved with your show and uh so we started sort of bringing him on board and uh when some other partners went to the wayside uh he was a guy that i said matt you know i would love for you to be my partner in scenic city and uh fortunately we have had a great partnership he's about the only one that will put up with me for more than one tournament <laughs> i'll draw i'll draw a timeline one time like if you go look at uh at like wikipedia at like bands like bands that have a lot of different members like it'll show a timeline of like you know this guy 
guys been in the band this long and so i'll make one of those for scenic city creative one day uh <laughs> not many people last but uh you know matt was a guy also that you mentioned action wrestling and that's what he runs now down in georgia and i think they have because they they run more often and they run such good shows you know they they've really surpassed what we do with scenic city because uh they run you know more more, more frequently and i i think they have just as big if not bigger of a platform than we do and following now uh but you know matt's killing it down there and he follows the sort of what i wanted to do with scenic city and i remember him asking me like what what do i do how do i go into these schools what sh how should i approach them you know i want to help raise money and i want to give wrestlers a platform like you're doing and uh so you know i, I sent him crowd pictures and was like here's the formula and here's what you tell them and you know make sure they want to know that you have an insurance policy they want to make sure that you know you're bringing safe people in and you're going to protect people and that you know that you're going to raise the money and you know he's been able to do that and it's it's been great working with him and he he's an absolute godsend uh scott as we start to kind of kind of wind down here the the cool the the thing we ask everybody on this show uh is the coolest thing in your room hmm well you can show let's us probably we'd appreciate it let's see so i'm a big fan of like old school territory wrestling and i really enjoy going and meeting some of those guys and just hearing about basically like when it was real and uh one of the guys that i got to go meet i, I have a a large autograph collection but one of the guys that i got to go meet uh was actually uh here's uh don fargo so uh, if i can figure that out uh. <laughs> we, we, had, we had a clear we had a, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, there we go yeah so, so uh you know and and I'm, I'm sure there's negative things that people could say about don fargo's lifestyle or choices or whatever but uh he was one of those territory guys that just you know it was real when he was doing it like he got shot and he had to run from biker gangs and you know he got he did every gimmick in the world and uh it's just interesting to meet those people that really lived that lifestyle back in the day and uh so you know i, I in looking around in this room that that's that's one of the cooler things i think what one last question i got for you um I don't know, I guess it's a question. I just wanted to um, bring up, like, I know you guys have a lot of fans, like the Southeast scene, I know this so well, and I, I talk about this scene so often because, you know, I, I live in Atlanta, I've, I've lived in Nashville previously. So, you know, these are the companies that I have been paying attention to for a long time. I give guys like Dylan Hales a lot of credit as far as like getting me back. Like, I've always been a wrestling fan. I never, I was never one of those people that like stopped watching it. I've always been into it, but my, my interest was really waning, uh, you know, a handful of years ago and like that a lot of the talent that you guys would find through the sci through action through stuff and stuff really 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 helped me as a fan like and it, and it just reinvigorated to the point where i honestly don't think i'd be sitting here doing anything with fightful at all if i hadn't have like gotten in on you know becoming a fan of this scene years back so um i i, I appreciate it a lot which you which all you guys do and um i know that 
you guys have a lot of loyal fans and people that will travel from state to state for these for these matches and these shows. Uh, you mentioned Conrad Thompson earlier. He, I've seen him live at Scenic City before, live in the house. Um, but I think maybe your biggest fan might be Ben Boston Nuga. I see him in everything. I've met him in person. I've met, I've seen I've 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 been around the two of y'all together um, in in Atlanta before at GCW. Um, can you speak on Ben and I guess just like the hardcore, like the loyal fans that you guys got? Yeah, when I think of the heart and soul of like Scenic City fandom, I think of Papa Hells, I think yeah. of Ben, I think of Eric Crowder, um, I think of um, uh, Chuck and Ashley from TWE, and you know we really wanted to to not just do a one single promotion that just does wrestling. We wanted to create like a mini territory. We wanted to create something that people can follow along with and that feels like a bigger deal because it is. And people like Ben and Papa Hells and Eric and all those, um, they're so important. You know, they keep the conversation going. They create the atmosphere at the shows where people know that these are stars, that this event means something. And, you know, with somebody like Ben, he adds humor to it as well. You know, he's one of the best uh, Twitter follows that you can do. Uh, but Ben is also a guy that, uh, you know, I don't think he would mind me sharing this, but um, he just talks about the connection that he made with Scenic City back in 2015 uh, because he was going through some personal stuff. And uh, he said that, you know, he had just gone through that personal stuff and then like he just wanted an escape. And that escape was Scenic City. You know, we were there. And I just think about that every time I run a show. Uh, you know, some people may know I, I run a Facebook profile called Noah Tall. And uh, I made a post on there that said, uh, your wrestling event may be the only thing someone has to look forward to. And I really believe that, you know, every time we go out there, um, you know, we're, we're doing, you know, grown men fake fighting on the surface if you want to, to break it down into the harshest way. But ultimately, it's passionate people that are going out there, putting their bodies on the line, telling stories, uh, overcoming the odds, uh, and really just trying to live their dream and i think it's so inspirational it's so fun to watch and just everything about just professional wrestling and especially independent wrestling and southeastern independent professional wrestling i think it's it's so passion filled and inspirational and just something that i think anybody can really get something from from watching and i'm so glad we have that connection with so many people and especially people like papa hills and ben that's beautiful that's a great i, I can't i can't add any more to that that's awesome scott we appreciate you joining us tonight uh let everybody know where they can find you at where they can support the uh sei the, the tournament and the rumble and uh what everything just going on with the with the show this weekend yeah. So I am Scott C. Hensley on Twitter and on Facebook. Feel free to, to give me an ad or a follow there. Um, my promotion, of course, is Scenic City Invitational on Facebook, SCI Tournament on Twitter. And we have a big show coming up, seven big matches live on IWTV, or you can come in person in lovely Apison, Tennessee. And it is going to be Saturday, March the 3rd at East Hamilton Middle School, the Scenic City Rumble. We have six uh, featured bouts and then a Scenic City Rumble match, 30 
entrance, uh, and there will be one winner. That person will win a spot in the Scenic City Invitational Tournament coming up July 12th and 13th in Red Bank, Tennessee. And uh, you can get your tickets at the door or SCIWrestling.com. Again, Scott, we appreciate it, guys. All the links are below where you can uh, support Scott, support SCI. And, guys, we'll be right back here on the Spotlight. We are back. Appreciate Scott Hensley joining us to promote SCI Rumble this coming weekend. That's going to be on IWTV. Everybody can check that out. And, guys, stick around. We have another interview. Shane Hawk, who has been on In the Weeds multiple times before, he is here to promote IWS on FN Sanctioned. That's going to be on Fight Plus this weekend. Um, and the documentary that they're going to be working on as well. So stick around. Here we go. Shane Hawk in the Creator Spotlight. Welcome back, everyone, to the Creator Spotlight here on the Spotlight. I'm still Jeremy Lambert. That's still Steven Jensen. And with us today in the creator spotlight a man who's made multiple appearances on in the weeds making a spotlight debut the executive producer iws hardcore they got their big anniversary show this weekend big documentary coming out very soon that starts uh filming or continues to film this week he is andrew he is shane hawk how you doing buddy i am well i'm man i'm pumped i am pumped like everything that you just said it's like a dream come true and man it's, it's, it's good to be Andrew right now. It's a good day to be Andrew. Well, How are you guys? How are you doing? What's up, guys? Doing good. Oh, we were, doing we were chatting a little bit off air. Yeah. I, was, I, mean, I was chauffeuring a bunch of kids around uh, today. We have 12 kids, uh, for those that don't know. Um, that's the, the kayfabe number. Uh, we're, you're, like, you're like Daddy Dudley? Like you just yeah, said. basically. Basically. It, it, you seem... You see cheaper by the dozen. That's yeah. basically how this whole household <laughs> is. It's just cheaper by the dozen. Nice. I'm Steve Martin, so um, <laughs> uh, you know, before we get we get into it, and I started you asking questions about your cat. Uh, just how how you doing? How you how you doing mentally? How you doing physically, buddy? Man, uh, I am tired. I'll play that much. I'm exhausted. I wish there were more hours in the day, uh, but it's a good tire. It's a, a lot of hard work for something that I'm seeing payoff for um it's like the good kind of stress you know i'm just so excited all the time i just can't shut my brain off which is probably a problem like i probably should see my therapist about it but for now it's working we let's go um physically uh listen i'm on some new meds right now they're kind of giving me a brain fog but uh they're helping with the pain so that's really cool uh i refuse to do opiates like the the government tried to give me like the doctor tried to give me opiates and i, I just didn't want to do them because you know wrestlers and opiates just it's not a good idea um but it's just like anti-inflammatory it's super cool or whatever and then march 5th i'm getting those cortisone injections and then we'll see from there so though i mean hopefully the cortisone injections yeah. go well what's uh is there any type of plan when it comes to, to training potential return and i know i've got one left in me i don't know if i'm coming back full time anytime soon but i know i've got like one final story to tell i've got that i but like man i'm 35 i'm gonna be 36 and like that doesn't sound very old but i've been wrestling for 20 years you know like i'm beat up and breaking my back twice at this point is like maybe i just let other people do the play fighting now and i just help them get better at it you know what i mean because uh it's not fun <laughs> Well, with your with your role at IWS being the executive producer yeah. and also one of the trainers as well, so they got this uh, big documentary that that's being worked on. I know there's it's a huge I, documentary. I, what's that? Huge documentary. Yeah. So yeah. we talked to 
yeah, we talked yeah. to Matt Viviani. We talked to Matt Viviani on Monday, and he said they've done a little bit of filming so far. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he wasn't supposed to say that, but he said they've done a little bit. Um, but they're they're doing a lot of filming behind the scenes for for this weekend and the anniversary That's right. event. Yeah, so they're coming down on Friday. They're gonna follow us with film crews, and then Saturday they'll be at the show the whole time. Uh, camera crew with me, camera crew with Manny. Uh, and then Sunday, we got some interviews going down. We got some archival footage that we're going to get to them. Uh, this documentary is huge. Like the people who have made these, like the Generation Iron documentaries, are sick. Like they make me care about bodybuilding, and I'm a nerd, but I love them. Like they're fantastic. So when these people approached us, it was like it almost didn't feel real. You know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like like me really. But man, they've been super nice and super accommodating, and I'm really excited to meet their crew. And I'm really excited to make some magic together because I really think that the 25-year history of the IWS is a story that needs to be told. Yeah, I was going to say, especially in like documentary form, like y'all, yeah. got, y'all got some real characters in that in that territory. I mean, like, I mean... You were putting it lightly as some real characters in that territory. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, we, we had PCP Manny on a while back, um, yeah. a legend, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and then, I mean, just like even guys that in just like the main event alone in this, in this upcoming show. Ultimate, yeah. Yeah, you gotta you say it like, that way, you know. Yes, yeah. uh, ultimate death. Um, ultimate death. Yeah, it has to be like that. It's not. I mean, you got you guys like sexy Eddie and stuff. I mean, like this is people that just would be. Yeah, I mean, so if you could, I mean, that that's gonna make for a very, very even if you're even if you aren't a wrestling fan, I think you'd just be entertained by the characters involved. Man, I'm I'm excited to see the, the sexy Eddie Effie interaction. I'm just I'm very excited <laughs> to see it. I, I don't know what it's gonna be, but I'm very excited to see it. Um, I also feel like. Nobody really does like high quality death matches like IWS. And here's what I mean by that. I'm not saying that other people around the world are not good at death matches or anything like that, but like Manny is jacked. Phantom is jacked. Sexy Eddie like runs marathons. Like these guys are in amazing shape. They're all gimmick. They all have characters. They can all wrestle and they're doing deathmatch shit. Like nobody puts these matches together like these guys. And I'm not a deathmatch guy. I'm not, uh, which is ironic based on my position at IWS Hardcore, but it's like not really my thing, but like I love watching these matches. They have, they just like have these amazing, just crazily unique ideas that like every one of them is special. It's so cool. So cool. Sorry, when, I let somebody else talk. Go ahead. No, when, when we talk, we love that. Yeah, 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 when we talk to Manny, you make our job easier when you talk. Um, yeah. When we talked to Manny, he mentioned he mentioned that of just like there's a right way and kind of a wrong way to do a death match and when when he does it he wants to make sure it's not just hey let's go out there and fall through tables and hit people with light tubes yeah. for for no reason like there is an actual art to death match i've said it many times i'm not a death match person it's yeah. not something that i can watch a full show of if there's like one on a card sure. all right cool i'm cool. there Yep. But there is definitely like a right way and a wrong way to do it. I think GCW balances pretty pretty well. Absolutely. And IWS does it very well uh, too. And just like in Canada, where else are you going to find it? In Canada. Where else are you going to find it? The entire country. It's a big ass country. Where are you <laughs> going to find it? You're not going to find it. No, you're not. It's like that. You can just tell that certainly Manny puts a lot of care into the, the deathmatch style, uh, whether it's him or whether it's anybody but else competing. Green Phantom does too. And Sexy Eddie does too. And Mathieu Saint Jacques who is criminally underrated is one of the best wrestling minds to come in the Quebec territory in like a generation. 
Like he's so good. And if people have a chance to have seen his his run as C4 champion, I think you can still see that on, on IWTV where he like faced a bunch of Americans, like criminally underrated. Um, people who don't know who Mathieu Saint-Jacques is and they know Canadian wrestling should go to jail. <laughs> I said it. Just put him in jail. Put him in jail right now. Bye. See ya. He he was on the, the most like C four's back. I'm pretty sure he was on the most recent C four show. I'm he's still on C four. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, no, yeah, he's he's great. A, a part of that main event. I mean, and everyone we're talking about too has been around forever. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking like decades on uh, decades of all, all these guys mentioned. So I mean, if you put like all four of these guys together in terms of how much experience, Saint Jacques is the greenhorn with like 20 years experience. Right. Right? Like, everybody else in that match has over 20 years experience on the IWS side. There's probably, like, 100 years combined experience. And these are not, like, old guys. That's what's cool. Like, these guys work their asses off, bro. Like, you are going to see a spectacle. And then you get another six matches and a pre-show. I don't understand that you couldn't buy a ticket. I would buy a ticket. That's awesome. And, and just speaking of the deathmatch stuff, uh, you know, I'm I kind of more like the deathmatch guy on the show because I, I cover independent wrestling for sure. So I, I just see so much of it. But I started off as like, I, I'm actually somebody in real life. I, I get squeamish at blood. Like, I don't like seeing, like, I don't like gore and that kind of stuff. Right. But I've gotten so used to like, it's very messed up, but I've gotten so used to just like gusset plates and people and like You're skewers and people. I'm just, it's like so <laughs> normal to me now. But I just kind of speak of like this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Kind of speaking to the death match, um, like the safety there and stuff. I, if I remember correctly, when we talked to Manny, I'm pretty sure he put over Nick Gage as like the safest, yeah. easiest person he's ever worked with. And people would think, based on Nick Gage's history and the David Arquette stuff, that it would be the opposite, but it isn't. Absolutely. Nick Gage is a he's such a legend and such a nice man. I'll give you a Nick Gage story, okay? Collective 2019, IWS does a show, and then also interspecies wrestling did a show um and i uh, like mike rachi was the promoter he was six so i was like on both shows and i got to know like i, I kind of took over and i got to know nick gage and i kind of like in the NWS, we always give like this hype speech before we go out manny always gives this big ass speech like and it's a really cool speech and i can't reveal it the secrets of kayfabe must stay but it's a really cool speech so just like picture the most hype speech you can think of and that's what it is um so he couldn't, he wasn't there. So I had to give the version of the hype up speech and it went really well. And afterwards, Nick Gage takes me aside and like, I've just met this man. Okay. Like we're not long-term friends or anything, but I, it takes me aside and he's like, man, that was a fucking good speech. I'm pumped as fuck. Yeah, man. Like gives me a hug. And I'm like, you are the coolest human being in the history of the world. I love you, Nick Gage. I love you. And every time I see him, he's the sweetest guy. Like, honestly, man, like, it's weird how the deathmatch guys are all such sweeties, you know? Matt Tremont. <laughs> Those are, like, the, the, he's, he's so cute. He's such a sweetheart. We love these men. Like, why are, why, Sexy Eddie is one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet in your life. Like, all the deathmatch guys are so nice. That's weird. Wrestling is weird, man. Like, what the fuck? They get they get it all out of their system in the ring. It's like, all right, I've yeah. hit people with light tubes and pizza cutters and fallen through tables and all this stuff. Now, like, let's it, it, let's it's yeah. all love. Eddie doesn't naked, so like he gets like he checks all the boxes, like the <laughs> all the degeneracy possible. He like can just do in wrestling and like get it out of the system. It's great. I guess that's it. I guess that's really what it is. It's like that some kind of like emotional release that comes along. There's like a psychological study to be done by smarter people than me at some point about how like deathmatch wrestling and being a complete 
cutie pie sweetie just go hand in hand like that Venn, di Venn diagram is probably not a full circle because it's wrestling like there's obviously going to be some terrible people but pretty close like a snowman kind of thing that would work uh talk to talk to us a little bit more about how the documentary came came about you mentioned they approached yeah. you so it's they that. just came to you with this idea of like hey we've been following this we think this would be cool but how, how did that all come together straight up here is the story um they shared one of our clips on their instagram and they have like 1.6 million followers 1.2 million like they got a lot of followers i don't i'm bad at numbers so i don't remember the exact number but like they've got a good following right like i we'd already heard about them and everything and they shared one of our clips um i don't remember which one it is but it was a deathmatch clip i think it was the clip that's on it like it's pinned on our instagram of effie and manny and Ella, the skewers or something like that anyway it's a deathmatch spot and jen iron shared it and manny saw that they shared it so he sent a dm and was like hey thank you very much for using our content if you'd ever like more content we'd offer you more, you know, being cool. Um, the guy apparently was an IWS fan and already knew about IWS and had been to a show from what I understand. Um, we got in touch and then like soon they were telling us they'd been following us for a while. And this is like the production studio um, who are all such nice guys. Like, I can't even tell you how pleasant this experience has been uh, dealing with these like big shot producers so nice amazing um but yeah we, we had a call like that was like the friday and then the monday i went to manny's store and we had a call with them um with shooting the shit like figuring out if there's something there within like a few days like we're like okay yes we're taking this project let's go um there's 25 years of history it's super interesting and they're like they're so enthusiastic about it which to me is very um i guess rewarding is the right word because you know, when you're around yourself all the time, you kind of like get down on yourself. You don't really think your accomplishments are as important as they are, that kind of stuff. Like insecurity, like I think we all have insecurities in general. But the way that they were talking about us uh, just like gassed me up so hardcore. Uh, and it's been such a great experience. And like, I, 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 in Montreal, in like Quebec, like in my hometown, I feel like sometimes like familiarity breeds contempt. You know what I mean? Like maybe we're not as, 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 noticed as we are if we go elsewhere like because when i go to the states or when i go to europe or anything like this like people know iws and people tell me like we grew up watching iws which is pretty crazy for an independent wrestling company when you think about it so like with 25 years of footage there like you said some some colorful characters and stuff like that and some like interviews and filming day to show stuff like i think the 25th anniversary show was like the ideal point to start a documentary like um, so it made, we made it happen within like a couple of weeks. Like this was like, bam, 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 done, done, done. Here are the lawyers, get contract, go, go, boom, boom, boom. Um, and it's awesome. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. And I'm so excited that like, we'll have, you know, the, the Netflix logo on the door, like you're being filmed, but could be on this. Like, that's really cool stuff, man. And like, that's going to be a really cool experience for me. And I think it's going to be a really cool experience for the fans who show up as well. Um, I think we're really going to have something special, not just in the live atmosphere, because nothing is like the IWS live atmosphere. It's not a wrestling show, man. It is a party. Like, it is a party there. You want to be in an IWS. It's like a rock show. But also, like, captured on film. There's going to be this unique moment, this unique energy, this unique capsule of time, and it's going to be captured 
is going to be immortalized. That's what we're going to do this Saturday. We're going to make history. We're going to become immortal. And it's going to start with this documentary, which is very cool. Dude, that's awesome. I'm, I'm hyped. You got me pumped yeah. up right now, dude. Let's like, go. Let's go. Great man. fucking speech, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, yeah, that, that was your call <laughs> to, to the troops. Dude, I, I, I was going to ask you. Yeah, so, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Great speech, bro. Thank you, Nick Gage. Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, MDK all fucking day. I'm, I'm in, man. And listen, I, yeah, we'll throw it up. Um, so, I uh, I was gonna ask you if if the distribution was locked down or if it was too too early on for that. So you're saying too Netflix early. is, oh, but possibly no. Netflix. Yeah, like maybe net. Like we just have uh, like it's a maybe Netflix, maybe Prime. We're not sure where it's gonna go yet. There's no definite decisions, but like it might go to one of these platforms, right? So we're gonna like put the logo on it, um, just in case, just so everybody knows, because there'll be releases, right? We want to be yeah. as truthful as we can with our audience. Um, so that nobody's like blindsided you know what i mean sure sure and uh well i mean in just obviously even in just recent memory i, I mean i think wrestling documentaries have always been very interesting and very mm -hmm. like sought after by wrestling fans especially before like the internet age like that we had because like you got such like backstage stuff that nobody out. really got but even yeah. current day like really recently ovw had the big show right. on netflix and yeah it's done wonders for their business. Like, I don't know the back end or what exactly what that looks like, but what I do know is when they filmed that show, they were getting like, like literally like 70 to 75 pay-per-view buys on their, on their fight. Yeah. Plus. I mean, which is like, which isn't much. It's only like 75 buys total. Right. But, it's better but, than zero. but it's better than zero. My, 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 my point though, is that like now if you go to their YouTube channel, when they love when like their live shows before their, their yeah. pay-per-views, they have like a thousand or so like viewers on YouTube watching. And then, you know, that's going to, at least part of that's going to end. Like, so you, you, I saw even just then it was like, an OVW has been around forever. IWS has been around forever. And it's like the exposure you get with that. And, and it's such a good way to, to form a bond with that fan base of them just getting invested in you guys as, as performers and as a company and everything. And, so I, I think even just the recent success of something like that OVW doc is like really, uh, really like a bright, you know, positive thing that I think you have to look forward to. We want it to be bright and positive as well. Like we really want to properly portray pro wrestling. And for, for a really long time, like Montreal has been known as a hotbed of pro wrestling, right? Like we know Montreal, but that's like years and years and years ago. Uh, Montreal is still a hotbed. For, it's one of the best wrestling territories in the world. And the fact that we're going to get to show the world that gives me chills. I, I'm so excited because put our Montreal boys against anybody in the world. Please do it. Go because they're going to out wrestle them. I'm telling you the amount of, of hidden gems that people are going to be able to get in on the ground floor. Oh, oh, so good. Okay, I want you to put put people over uh, because you're always you're always fantastic about that. Every time you join us, you're always great about bigging up uh, you know the the hometown people. But before that, I do I do have a question. Um, you know, you, it's 25 years of IWS. Yeah. There's been a lot of names who have come through the the scene. Do you know if they have if they talk to any of them? If they they have old footage of comments made by some of these people For and oh. the documentary. Yes, for the documentary. Oh, we're providing them with our archives. Okay. Yeah. So we're giving them the archives. So like there have been, you know, interviews and stuff that have been done that I'm sure there's some form of never released footage. I mean, I, I don't know because I personally don't know the footage, right? But like 
there's got to be some cool hidden gems in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not an editor guy. I couldn't tell you for sure. That's for sure. But like, there's old footage that's going to be released and all the archival stuff that like maybe wasn't around because the internet wasn't around yet, you know? Because Bloodstream, IWS's weekly show, was like the first weekly streaming show online ever. Many, many told us the story of how that became, how that came together. I was 14 years old when I started wrestling training in that studio. So yeah, that was a thing. Uh, And now I'm, yeah, now I'm 35. But, uh, you know, there's some stuff that just needs to be shared. It needs to to be documented to use, to like say the thing. And it's going to be so cool. And March 2nd is going to be so cool, like, if you can't be there live, you need to watch it online because we have, man, like this show is so good. I'm positive it's going to be amazing. I have like creative goosebumps with what we've got ready for this show. Like we have new people, but we also have legends. We're going to have surprises. There's going to be twists and turns and there's ultimate death, which is said like that. Don't forget, you must say it like that um, <laughs> as the main event uh, at the Olympia Theater, which is a beautiful, beautiful theater. Like it's a, like a real old style theater um and then we're gonna be filming so everybody's gonna be on their best behavior too everybody will look all pretty because they know that the camera's gonna be on them right so hey there's ever a time now is the time and also like our production crew fantastic people uh our new director pasquale and of course jt producer and then mark green um they've been working really hard like night and day to make sure that this looks top quality too um so you can expect a production value that is not often seen amongst independent wrestling companies. And I think that is one thing that IWS has going for it, like our stuff, our, our technical level, which I know nothing about and therefore I'm not taking credit for, um, is always like next level good. It's too good for like independent wrestling. It's not just like a couple of dudes with a camera. Um, Manny is a technical wizard when it comes to this stuff. So it's gonna look good. It's gonna be entertaining. Uh, it's gonna be a party. Like I said, it's gonna be a party. Uh, if you like to party, you should be at this show. And if you don't like parties, what are you doing? I'm so confused. Like, what do you do with your life? This is this is the same building that y'all did the IWS versus GCW show. That's right. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This this venue is awesome. This is like I mean, you're not you're not. There's the side panels, right? Yeah. Like, so there's like the moving side panels, and then the big panel. Uh, if you saw uh, IWS GCW, there was cold pyro in that, like. Like that's like not even real. Like it's pyro that shoots out cold, so nobody can get burned. Like that's what indie crazy. company has that? Yeah. Right? Um, there's gonna be the trussing and the lights and all that. There's gonna be a sick setup. Um, the lighting is gonna be on. It's gonna be on point. The camera work's gonna be on point. The wrestlers are are so hungry. They know that this is a shot to make it around the world. Like you said, the exposure at the OBW documentary. Well, every single person is gonna have that kind of like a chance at that kind of exposure, right? Yes. And like a lot of these people are grinders who have been working their asses off for years just to get a taste, just to get that one shot right to get noticed. So everybody is going to be competing for that one shot to get noticed. And that competition is going to breed fucking magic, dude. And you guys are bringing in, I mean, you got the, the ultimate death. Uh, ultimate death. <laughs> See, it's fun, right? You had to say it. it. <laughs> Man. But we've got GCW uh, people coming in, like, like Effie, yeah. like Ali Catch, Joey Janela, Speedball Mike Bailey is on this show. Broski Jimmy Lloyd. Broski Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's not it's not just I mean, it's it's largely AWS guys, but like it's other, it's other names that 
uh, you know American fans will know yeah. from the from the let's be honest the top independent scene in absolutely in in yeah. America GCW yeah. uh, and so like that's a big opportunity knowing like hey we're gonna get these eyes on us absolutely. as well. And, and like I've said this on 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 Fightful before, I feel like Americans don't know that Canada exists a lot of the time, and they should. Uh, the Canadian scene is fantastic. The amount, but I feel like people are learning more about it now. There's like a lot more chatter about the Canadian Indies. People are kind of waking up to it. But like, man, top level, top level stuff, top level stuff. Uh, and if you disagree with me, I have 20 years of experience, and you're wrong. So there you go. It's done. It's done. It's going to be good. Yeah, I, I, I want to get some more of your thoughts on uh, specifically on Speedball Mike Bailey because yeah, he's man. a guy who like everyone knew was good for quite a while, but then he had like whatever was the visa issues or whatever where he couldn't yeah. come over to the states, and it was like his career wasn't really on pause, but it's like he would his his blow up would have happened sooner. But it's one of those things where like what's it like seeing just like a guy from Canada finally breaking through cuz i feel like he's on everyone's list right now of like best best wrestler of the year for the last like he, few years. he has to be yeah yeah uh first of all i, I love speedball uh speedball and i go back years and years and years and years and years like he's he's such a good dude and he's so talented and he works so hard um everything that he's getting he deserves tenfold like and like you said like if he would have had those extra five years like the other independent wrestlers in the united states right now are lucky that they got a five-year head start on him right yeah. because he's that good like he's and that's not even like me bragging about my friend that's just the truth like speedball is that good you cannot disagree with it it's an objective fact um no matter where you're going match of the night contender speedball if not match of the year contender with anybody um we were blessed to have him like i mean it was it was very difficult for him but I, I selfishly feel like we were blessed to have him with us uh for those five years you know um a lot of students in my iws dojo got to benefit from learning from him and are better for it you know chris dara nathan yarimovich uh, alex mays like these people are light years ahead of their experience level because they got to train with bailey um if you have the chance to take a seminar with people mike bailey and you are a wrestler or involved in the business in any way, and you don't do it, you're stupid. You're stupid. He has such a great, unique mind for wrestling, um, and somehow his body does things that I can't think of ever being capable of. But he does them flawlessly, effortlessly. Best wrestler in the world. I'm going to stop gushing about him because I'm going to get a message and be like, Andrew, you're supposed to talk about yourself and not just put me over. But just no, but Andrew. Yeah. You gave you gave me the headline of the everybody's lucky they got five year head start on on but, speedball. Boom. Yeah, that'd be but good. It's true. Yeah. Like, no, but especially especially because look look at the landscape of, of wrestling. Like like AEW like hadn't really started yet. Like there was like a lot of things that like he would have probably been a part of had he been in the states for those five years. I mean, well, PWG was big at that time, right? Right. Like, PWG was like the biggest indie. There was like PWG and an ROH, right? Right. And like speedball was like winning Bola. And like wrestling against Kenny Omega, right? And winning. Um, yes. He was he was at the top of one of the top, if not the top indies at the time. Because like, you know, PWG was like the, like ROH was the more corporate one. And PWG was more like work, grady, funny, you know, that kind of, like kind of how it is now. Um, and Speedball was at the top of that, like years and years and years ago, before he even got it. And all he did was like go to Japan and go to Europe and just get better. And just right. keep training. Like, 
dude was like Batman, you know, like he go like he gets like goes on his like journey, his travel journey around the world. Like, he can't go to the States, so he goes to like all these other like he goes to Japan, he goes to Europe, like the UK and like man, now uh it's just it's, it's his mind too. That's what it is. It's it's not just that he's physically talented, it's that he understands professional wrestling in a microscopic way that people don't take the time to break down. That's really what yeah. it is. Like his wrestling mind and psychology. We hear a lot about the term like wrestling psychology, right? Um, but for a lot of people, like wrestling psychology is like, oh, if you work the arm, you should do an arm submission in your match. But for speedball, it's more like, okay, if like, because speedball always plans backwards, like these kind of things, right? Like he just has these little tips and tricks for reducing the amount of memory points you need in a match so that you can improvise more and work with the crowd more while still having a top quality match. It's just like, he's a walking cheat code of professional wrestling. That's what speedball might be. They're in, by the way, I, I don't want to even like speculate because like I, him personally, he might like, I don't know where he would or wouldn't have wound up. Who knows? Like, but he's, yeah, I agree with everything. He's, he's as talented as, as, as they come. And one other, um, actually a tag team i wanted to get your thoughts on um sure. because i'm not i'm not just saying this because you're on the show i've actually brought them up before and i'd love to interview these guys at some point but i think the most slept on tag team honestly maybe in the world is fresh air i think mccray martin and gina benito because like if you know you know because they're around like you see them all the time but like they still pop up in new there you go you pop i'm wearing mccray shirt right now bro the hot, the hot stepper <laughs> I, I don't know if they still use that music or not. I've heard them change it up a little bit, but like the hot stuff for music is like my favorite. I, I love that theme song. Um, but uh, but if you can speak on those guys, because I, I discovered them through IWS. I'd love but, to. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go for um, it. McCray Martin uh, and I were the were, we were C4 Tag Team Champions as Hawk Stepper. Uh, he first started his wrestling training with me uh, before moving on to the keep. Uh, super nice and talented dude. Uh, very athletic, really talented. Junior Benito is this wonderful alien man who just doesn't seem like he exists in our planet, but is, our planet is just so much better for having him. That's the way to describe Junior Benito. He's like, he's a weirdo, but he's the best kind of weirdo, and he's such a nice guy, and like he's a straight, and they're both so talented too. Like, I would compare them to... The way IWS was in like 2000 and I don't 2000 and early 2000 and something where they had the Smash Brothers and you had 2.0 and you had Kevin and you had Sami Zayn like you had those guys uh, and they were still being slept on like people weren't paying attention yet but they eventually broke out and got really really big I think that's what we're seeing with Fresh Air um, I think they have the potential to be a top tag team not just in the province not just in the country um, in the world and they've already done some tours of Europe uh, they're doing really well they're hard workers I know they're hungry. Um, their high flying ability is just mind blowing and they're so in sync and that's because they're really good friends for real. Um, but they have this cohesiveness to them that I do find is lacking in a lot of tag teams. Like a lot of tag teams seem like they're working together, but they don't seem like they're in each other's head. You know what I mean? A little bit like that. Like there are some people that work really well together and maybe like are able to like predict what the other one will do. Like I'm working a heat and I'm about to throw on a move and like my partner's ready for the strike right there kind of thing. You know what I mean? But like their 
cohesiveness, like their their bond as a tag team is very, very strong. Um, we've seen their awesome matches um, that they've been having in the States too, uh, against like Miracle Generation and those kind of guys. And if you follow Junior Benito, he's been doing some great stuff um, in C4 wrestling. Um, and in Fresh Air, they unfortunately, due to McCray's injury, they relinquished the IWS Tag Team Championships. They had missed three dates in a row. It is what it is. No hate whatsoever. Um, we just wanted some fighting champions. That's all. Um, and then Junior has a chance at the IWS Canadian Championship um, because we're not going to take one belt away and not give him an opportunity to another one. Right. Um, but I think no matter what, um, they might, like, once McCray is better, they're going to make their way back to the IWS Tag Team Championship scene. Like, that's not even a question. If they're not gone by then, let's be honest, if they're not like signed to someone, right. because they're both young and talented and getting into great shape um, and charismatic, and you want to watch them. So they might get signed somewhere. I, I could see it happening. And Junior, Junior is the C4 champion right now, isn't he? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, super talented, uh, both those guys for sure. Yeah, man. I had a great time teaming with McRae as Hawk Stepper um trying to be cool with the youths i would wear the bucket hat too and, and try to do the damn thing uh i i was a cool teacher you see i'm a cool professor um it didn't work but the crowd seemed to like it so i guess it did work in the end <laughs> did i know if you had another name to throw it shane i mean i mean we can talk about a lot of these people i mean let's shoot on people let's you, want, you want me you want me to shoot on people so <laughs> oh i mean who have who have we not talked about that i'd be really interested well i mean if you can speak on lufisto's coming in for the show isn't she yes yeah if you want to take you speak on lufisto hall of famer coming in yeah lufisto is a hall of famer she's in the iws like original badass woman you know um recently started the woman's company wws um to be a sister company to the iws uh I, I think she's wonderful. I, I personally love Lufisto. Um, I love working with Lufisto. I and that's in and out of the ring. I think she's a fantastic person. Um, Consider her my wrestling mom for a while. Uh, I think she was targeted on the internet for some things that got taken out of hand. But I think the internet is stupid. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who just want to be negative for the sake of being negative. Um, there are a lot of people who feel empty in their lives. And the only reason you really have for dragging somebody down is admitting that they're above you already. So uh, I think she's going to have a badass match with Katrina Creed. Katrina Creed is uh, an IWS Dojo graduate as well. Super talented, the Cobra, another person who a lot of people um, should be paying, paying closer attention to. But man, the, the IWS women's division is on fire. Uh, and I, I, I proudly trained a good number of them myself. Um, but like, it's gone to the point where we have multiple women's matches per shows uh, and like intergender stuff all the time. And that all started largely because of Lufisto. Um, most people don't know, or some people do, but like she went to war with the government in Ontario, which is the uh, province next to Quebec, um, went to war uh, over the fact that like women weren't allowed to wrestle. Like a lot of women are able to wrestle in Eastern Canada because Lufisto fought the law and won. And if that doesn't make you a legend, I don't know what does. It'd be great. Oh yeah, I got, I got one last question. This is not That's wrestling good. related. This is um, my my mother. Uh, she passed when I was younger, but she was from Montreal, and um, she would always 
brag about the bagels. She loved the bagels from Montreal. If you yeah. can you elaborate on that? That was like the one thing I always remember her talking about about Montreal. Man, I don't know how they're made. Like I'm not like, but my my old taxi partner, Stu Corbis, he was a bagel maker by trade. Like that was his whole job. He just made bagels. Um, I've had New York bagels. Okay, I'm biased. I understand. But Montreal bagels smoke New York bagels. All right, let's say that's the controversial line that we're going to get in <laughs> trouble for. That's what it is. But uh, no, Montreal cuisine is really, really high quality. It's really, really good. Like, we take food very, very seriously. And especially because it's a very, like, touristy city um, and, like, European-based, like, whatever you want to call it. Um, we take our food very, very seriously. And, like, a good bagel, very important to the point where, like, my family members will ask me to bring them bagels when I travel. Like they will ask me to bring Montreal bagels to Toronto or LA or wherever it is that I'm going. Like they're that good. I don't know what they use. Maybe, maybe crack. I don't know. <laughs> they they yeah. enrich them. With yeah. yeah you know, sprinkle a little crack on it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but like whatever it is, they are delicious and dangerous, especially if you're trying to watch your carbs. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, Shane, something we ask every single guest here on the okay. show, the coolest thing in your room. Currently? Yeah, if you can show mm -hmm. it, it's even better. It's oh, yeah, I can show you. Hang on, hang on. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, shit. It's at, the vet. it's at the dojo. Okay. I was going to show you. I Hang on. I got I can find some more. You're good. Okay. I got lots of cool shit here, man. Like, here. This is on my wall. I don't know if you can see it. Here. It's a frame copy of WrestleMania oh. 20, 2017 number one. It's the first wrestling comic book I had published. Uh, my name is there, I guess you can see. Stott, that's my real name. Uh, can you see it? There we go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my friend Andy, Bobby Animalanger, and I, uh, we did a 10-pager on um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And like it was kind of like stylized as them when they were kids. Uh, I also have, the, I have a friend one where we did 10 pages on uh, Kane and the Undertaker for the official Boom WWE uh, comic book. Uh, and it's them as children in the burning building leading to the fire being set. Wow. So I got to write that, which was very cool. And then apparently like WWE gave it out at their shareholders meeting that a gift, like a buddy of mine who's a shareholder, like texted me and was like, yo, they're giving out your book as a gift. And I was like, that's really cool. So there's that. Um, Real quick, Shane, that's fascinating. Hey, wait, wait, you mentioned Bob Anger. We haven't put him over at all. If you want to go ahead and do that for a second. Uh, the well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Before you put him over, he's supposed to be on In the Weeds tomorrow. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we're recording this on, on Tuesday. This interview will air on Thursday, but Bob will be on In the Weeds. By the time yeah. everybody sees this, he'll already be on In the Weeds on Wednesday. Can you actually, like, bury him? And then we can, you know, <laughs> right. talk, talk okay. shit to him tomorrow. That interview that he did... <laughs> Tomorrow, yesterday was the shits, brother. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you, I thought I trained him better than that. The fact is, is that Bob Anger, I guess, just doesn't have it tomorrow. Yeah, dude, no, I, <laughs> I realize I made that very confusing. <laughs> and there's some kind of tra time travel shenanigans. Yes, uh, it's no, a Hulk Hogan type scenario where you actually could do this in the same day somehow. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, like wearing two watches at the same time. Um, no, he's great, man. Like a really talented artist, really talented wrestler. Uh, like one of the most positive guys I've ever met, which is awesome to be around. You know, like I like working with people that I like working with. You know what I mean? Um, good dude he's gonna be he's gonna be like we're gonna part of the documentary thing that we're gonna do is probably like go to lethal comics which is the studio place that we work at um 
and go over a few other uh, images and stuff. So I've like uh, I've written a book. So here's here's a scoop for you. Uh, I've written a book called Story Chain Hawk Storyteller: The Illustrated Guide to Professional Wrestling Match Structure. And what it's going to be is in it's going to be a comic book version of like the formula of a pro wrestling match. So it'll be like teaching you how a pro wrestling match is structured, but in comic book form. Um, kind of like Marvel used to do this thing, how to read comic books the Marvel way. Um, and like that was a book that they would put out. But this is going to be a graphic novel illustrated book um, that is going to be used kind of like as an edu educational guide, but mostly as like just knowledge in general of how to structure and plan a wrestling match um from a to z based on classic structure essentially and we're going to do it in graphic novel form which is going to be dope um and then there'll be like little like um snippets in it like how to cut a promo how to build a promo like where do we go with that um all sorts of little tips and tricks for pro wrestling but all like, like i said all illustrated in comic book form um and we're going to be kickstarting that pretty soon we've just the script is done it's in art production uh the cover is done i'm just honestly waiting for this show to be over before really like jumping into that um, because all my energy is here right now on this show on March 2nd. But uh, this comic book that I've got coming out, I'm super stoked about. Uh, and that yeah, sounds like awesome. Thank you. I, yeah. I, think, I think it's going to be super fun for wrestling fans and non fans alike. And like, look, like there's no one way to do professional wrestling. Wrestling is subjective, in my opinion, right? Like it's, it's an art form. If you don't like the action, you, like, you can do comedy. If you don't like comedy, there's drama, these kind of things. But at the same time, like narrative fiction is still written with a certain structure, um, like either Freytag's Pyramid or like Joseph Campbell's Hero Monument. Um, and like every kind of like big action movie follows basically the same structure, right? So like uh, Star Wars kind of follows the same structure as like Lord of the Rings, uh, as like all the Marvel movies basically, like they all follow the kind of, same kind of narrative structure to really break it down to like bits and pieces like that. And I want to do that with pro wrestling. So I want to give like break down what I call devices of pro wrestling, and that way, like you can, it, it, it's a formula. In like I, I, the metaphor that I use is like this: I'm going to give you a coloring book that teaches you wrestling. Whether you choose to color inside the lines is cool. Whether you want to color outside the lines and be creative also cool. But the coloring book will be better for you than a blank page. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Choose your own adventure. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like that. I, dude, I. That is, you, you said you were kickstarting, and I don't know if you yeah. literally mean you're going to do a Kickstarter for it, yeah, or you're about to do a Kickstarter. I'll, I'll absolutely be, I'll be a I part of that. You. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. DM me the link, and I'll, I'll, dude, that's, that's actually, I'm not joking. That's fascinating. Like, that, Thank I you. think that wrestlers and fans are going to really, right. that's, like, a, that's I, a totally different approach to like insider stuff. That's like, it. And, and it's like, I want it to be like an educational guy. You know what I mean? Like it's there to inform. It's not there to like as a Bible. It's not there as like a, you have to do it this way. Cause I'm sure that one of like the old heads who just says negative stuff for engagement will come after me. Like Disco Inferno or somebody will like be really upset that I, that I did this. And I like, I, I ruined the business that has the, it's so weird how the business keeps dying and yet never goes anywhere. And right. You know, it just keeps getting better and better. But anyway, um, someone's going to i'm excited for it i'm excited for it um but like 
I really feel like it'll be a useful tool for professional wrestling students. And at the same time, like maybe give fans a deeper appreciation for the art form, right? Like instead of just showing people like, hey, this is a good match, figure it out yourself. Like, why is it a good match? Like what makes the breakdown so good about it? Like what's the shine, what's the comeback? What are all these little moving pieces that we use with terminology, these kind of things. And I feel like it'll give people a deeper understanding and therefore a deeper emotional connection to their favorite matches. So I think it'll like increase your love of what you already love and give you a deeper appreciation for the art form that wrestlers perform. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's genius. It really is. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's written. It's uh, like the cover, like I said, is ready, um, which we're going to be probably did, like premiering in the movie, which is kind of cool. Um, and then just a matter of getting it done. I've, I've seen some sample pages recently. Andy's art is so cool. Uh, we've got another guy named Mo working on it with us. He's super talented. Um, it's like a distilled version of what I teach in the IWS Pro Dojo. And our graduates speak for ourselves at this point. Like my students have been have worked for WWE, AEW, and like literally across the world and all across Canada, they need a lot more attention too. I'm sure they will in a few years, but uh, like in such a short amount of time, it's come so far. And honestly, a lot of this is from discussions I've had with Mike Bailey um, and other wrestling minds as well, of course. Um, and this is my take on things, right? And like, this was what worked for me, not for everybody else. What works for you in wrestling could be completely different, but I think it's gonna be a fun take and it's gonna be a fun thought, excuse me, experiment. And I think the art is gonna be really cool so why not i mean so yeah we're gonna kick started eventually i'm gonna put that online when it comes online are you gonna include like deathmatch stuff in that as well not yet so what i'm gonna do is i'm starting with just a singles match and then if this does well then maybe we do a tag match maybe we do trios maybe we do death matches maybe we do scrambles all of these matches have their own structures they all have their own like skeletons that we can put together right yeah. and once we build a skeleton of our match then we can add our own meat and potatoes, our individual yeah. character-based stuff, right? So learning pro wrestling match structure actually allows a performer to better connect with their audience. If you already know what, and like when I learned it was all improv, right? But the, if you knew improv really well, like, if, like for example, um, Steamboat and Flair wrestled each other so many times that they could just like call shit on the fly, right? Like it was easy for them. They already knew the structure of their match and that gave them more time to interact with the fans. Like there was more improvisation being done because they knew what they were doing. And one thing about pro wrestling that I always say is that it's one of the last bastions of true Shakespearean theater where you have a live audience on all four sides of you at all times and they have influence on the story. You know, if you go to like, I, I've made this analogy before, but if you go to the theaters and you go watch like, you know, the Avengers in the theaters um, and you yell to Captain America, like, hey, don't throw your shield, he's gonna catch it. Like Captain America still throws his shield, right? But in pro wrestling, if you yell like, hey, take a superplex, presumably the people are gonna do that for you, right? So it's one of the only art forms where the audience and the creators come together to create the narrative at the same time. Like it's synergistic between, it's this piece of art that can only be formed by the watcher and the receiver, um, which is super cool and super unique. And just like is what makes wrestling so special and what keeps it surviving through all this time because how long has wrestling been around? I mean, it keeps dying every time. <laughs> 
the Young Bucks have killed it at least a hundred times. A lot of rebirths. <laughs> so. Yeah. But well, that's why I think wrestling. That's why I think wrestling fans get so attached and like some sometimes to a toxic level of like you know the tribal or whatever. But like that's a big part of it because they feel like they do have an influence. Like they're if they cheer hard enough or boo hard enough, like their favorites will have opportunities. Their favorites won't be on the show. Like I mean, all the that, movements like the, the like the Cesaro section and like. The, the we want like they that like, look what happened with the rock recently yeah i'm like i'm a cody crybaby dude big time <laughs> great you know what i i think cody's great i think the rock is great too i think they really took like they really made lemonade out of lemons with this business like this is good business that they're doing but yeah. like the fans literally changed the end of wrestlemania yeah you, you can't change a bigger piece of wrestling than that but the fans did it that's amazing Right, like that's like they had they made that happen. So you know, like I like if, if a wrestler is not wrestling in service of the crowd, they're in the wrong sport. Straight up, um, if you're doing this for yourself and not for the audience, you're in the wrong business. Straight up, because look how powerful that can be. Just that emotional connection. The Rock is a billionaire, and they they made him change his mind. <laughs> He has yeah. fucking money. What's he going to, like, if The Rock tomorrow was like, you know what? No. I actually want to win the title. Like, people are going to complain online, but you know what? Like, they're still going to keep watching. The man's still going to be a millionaire. But, like, yeah. no. We, we're going to listen now. And that's, I, I try to do that with IWS as much as possible, too, is just listen. And it's like, I watch the shows live. Like I'm a fan. I listen to the fans. I want to hear how they're reacting. I read the comments. I care about their opinion, which is terrible for my mental health, but I do. Um, yeah. And that's what makes pro wrestling special, man. It's like the brain chemistry gets rewired based on what you're seeing in front of you. And like that might sound like crazy stoner conspiracy talk, but it's true about dopamine and serotonin and how we like to see movement and things. These are these are scientific principles, right? Yeah. Um, Wrestling is so special because of that. And March 2nd is going to be a celebration of how special pro wrestling can be. And from the innovation of so many things, like a weekly TV show, stuff like that, weekly web show, right? To the highest caliber of deathmatch, where it's like can get even non-deathmatch people to watch it. There will be high flying. There will be ground wrestling. There will be amazing strikers. There will be world-class talent. Effie, Speedball, Janella, Ali. Uh, we've also like we got Marcus Mathers on the card too. We've got the best of Canada against the best of the United States. And like, if you have a Triller subscription, you can just put it on and watch one of the most entertaining shows you're going to see this year. Because other companies can coast; they can afford coasting. There are companies that like they can have a bad one right? Like you can have a bad pay-per-view. You can have a, a great balls of fire, right? And it's not going to affect your bottom line. For us, everything is on the line for this show. 25 years, my entire adult life, I've spent more time in the IWS while living than not. This is my entire life. This is my shot. And I've been doing this for 20 years and I've been doing it damn well. And I'm not the only one who's been doing it damn well. Because guys like Sex Yeti have been grinding for years. Guys like the Green Phantom, grinding for years. Guys like Peace Be Manny, giving their lives, their souls, everything they can to this. This is the shot. 
and you better believe we're going to take it. I hope you're giving the speech on on March second. Like, I'm improvising this. I'm straight. I, I hope you're back there. I hope you're giving the speech to everybody before the show. And I'm definitely going to give a speech. I, I will absolutely up. give a speech. I, um, I hope you do. I'll probably I, write something as well, so I'm not just. Oh no, no, just go out there, go but, just. On no, the this spot. is working on me, man. Like, yeah, I'm I can tell Jensen. <laughs> Jensen is like. Straight He's up. ready to go through the wall right now. Yes, you are. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, and I will go through the wall with you. And I'll oh, go yeah. through the wall. I'll, like, I'll, I'll go through it first because I'm not going to ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. That's crazy talk, right? But, man, I, it's real passion and real emotion, man. It, it really, really is. Like, I'm just speaking from the heart. I'm just speaking my truth. I'm not cutting a promo on you right now. I didn't write anything down. There's nothing written on my forearms. I got nothing. <laughs> this is just it comes- Andrew being real. It comes through. It comes through every single time uh, I, I've talked to you. Every time you've, you've been kind enough to join us on on any of the shows. I remember the first show we did. I was I. I either had to leave. I think I left in the middle of it. Yeah. The first interview. Yes, I had to go. I had to go be a superhero because um, my my wife was having car trouble. Family, so I had to go family save is important, her. man. Family is important. I, I had to go save her. Um, but then you again, gracious enough to come back. Gracious enough with your time tonight uh what one last hard sell for everything whether they want to follow you and of course the show this weekend march 2nd it's on fight tv trailer tv it's iws 25th anniversary show unsanctioned that's right so uh first of all at superstar hawk hawk is any at the end you can kind of see it on the screen right now see how hawk is make sure you follow me on every single platform literally instagram twitter i just got tiktok i'm learning tiktok i'm old i'm not good at it but i'm trying uh, my girlfriend tells, tells me I'm cringe, which apparently is bad, but also sometimes good. Um, I do think that one thing that makes me uniquely positioned in the wrestling world right now is that I am this bridge between the old school of 20 years ago and the younger generation that's coming up now, right? Because I have 20 years experience, but I'm only 35 years old. So I'm able to communicate between these two generations in a way that I feel like would not have been possible um, had I not been there, right? And my thing is that I get the best out of people. I just want people to do well because you know what, man, when people are doing well around me, when people are happy around me, that makes me happier. I win. It's selfish. I want to entertain people. I want them to be happy because then those people are nice to me and my life gets better. If I, The hard sell that I'm going to give you, honestly, is that I've collected 20 years of experience around the entire world wrestling and working with all of the top names for all of the top companies and i am still just a dude named andrew but i want to be more than a dude named andrew i want to make it because my friends have all made it my peers have all gone on to become you know the aews and the wwe's and guys like manny and i guys like eddie and i guys like green phantom and i guys like Mathieu saint jacques and i we have been chomping at the bit for a chance to show the world that we belong at that top level. I genuinely believe in my heart that we're gonna get there on March 2nd. I think this show will be special. And you can look at me in my eyes and know that I am telling the truth, hand to God, we are going to do whatever it takes to make our mark on the industry. And the reason we're gonna do it is because we never thought we would get here in the first place. We started this for fun with our friends, just to enjoy ourselves and maybe give people a couple of smiles, a couple of laughs. Now it's become a movement. You need to get on board now because this is the next big thing. 
and you want to be able to say you were here first because this will explode because I've given 20 years of my life to it and it has to. How's that? Uh, Hard sell? Let's yeah. fucking go. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, I can't, there's nothing I can add to that. Are you kidding me? That's the best. Let's sell go. Ever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. I appreciate Shane. you guys having me, man. Really oh, thank sure. you. Thank you Thanks for doing this. Again, guys, yeah, it yeah. is uh, IWS unfn sanctioned. It is March 2nd. It is on Trello TV, Fight TV. You can order that. Uh, if you cannot make it live, if you make it live, go out there, head out there. But it, you can watch it online. Uh, stay tuned for, for more information about the documentary. As more information about that gets released, we will, we will continue to post about it. I'm we sure we'll continue to have guys like Shane, uh, whether it's on this show, whether it's on In the Weeds, uh, promoting everything. Guys, we appreciate it. Uh, all the links are below to support Shane, to support IWS. Guys, we'll be right back here on the Spotlight. Big thank you to Shane Hawk for joining us. Shane's always been very gracious, very kind with his time, uh, whether it's this show or whether it's in the weeds. We appreciate him. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Long show today because we had two interviews, but we are very, very happy to bring you two interviews, and hopefully everyone enjoyed them. Hopefully you guys watch uh, the shows this weekend, SEI and IWS. Check out Revolution this weekend. It's a busy week in wrestling. MLWs tonight along with the usual ROH and Impact. Smackdown tomorrow, Rampage, Collision. The world of wrestling never stops. Guys, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of The Spotlight. In the Weeds tomorrow is still iffy. Not sure. We'll figure it out. I'll let everybody know. Um, if you were in the Fightful Discord, that's where you'll find out first, most likely. So you can head over. If you're a member of Fightful Select, you can join the Fightful Discord. So uh, go do that if you would like to. Uh, we appreciate everybody. Thanks for the, the chats, tuning in, the super chats. Leave a thumbs up on the video. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. We appreciate everyone. We will talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.